To Be Continued is an adult podcast for adults by adults. We may talk about superheroes, sci-fi, comic books, and all sorts of similar crap like that, but we may use adult and frank language when we do so. This is not a podcast for kids, brothers and sisters. Enjoy. And welcome back. This is To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast covering your fanboy passions. You're not going to learn anything, but if you stick around, you just might have some fun. It's our local Alice Cooper, Edward Ing over there. I'm Miguel Alejandro Velez. And I'm Edward Ing, and I am eating a bat head right now. I'm just, I just ripped off the... The wrong guy. Wrong guy. Wrong guy. Wait, you said Alice Cooper, right? Yeah, right? Wait, that was Ozzy. Okay. Ah, 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 I see what you did. Ah, I see what you did. We're coming to you from Pancake Studios in Park Slope, Brooklyn, provided by Jonathan Vergara. That's me. <laughs> we are in Pancake 3.0. Yes. Yeah, we're in a different wing. Another, another different wing. In the West Wing. The, the West. We're wing. the West Wing of Pancake Studios today. Walk with me. Walk and talk. So, so anyway. Uh, <laughs> Toby was saying the other day that we, we've really got to get the uh, yeah. Republicans on our side here. Yeah. Death so, come yeah. six. Jeff come. Uh, and uh, I want to tell you, Ed, um, do you know how much I love Jim Hopper? I, I know that um, uh, you may not know this, but he's sporting a mustache right now. <laughs> I'm, I love Jim Hopper so much. I started watching Magnum P.I. last night. That's how much I love Jim Hopper. So uh, today on the show, we will be covering uh, for our spoiler review discussions, Spider-Man Far From Home and Netflix's Stranger Things uh, Season 3. Now, Jonathan was able to see uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, so he'll be part of the discussion there in the first half here. There. There's something stranger there. There's something stranger there. There's something stranger I made words to. I, I wrote lyrics to them. You're, you're not my mom, man. Don't even try. Finally. No one's your mom. Don't, don't try and go into her league. There's something stranger you there. Can't, something you stranger can't get Hawkins there. Because I, ga- I guarantee you she's been trying. <laughs> she can't crack this nut. She's been at home. They're like, you know... Paper. We'll all call her later. Call her later. We'll he's like, Mom, later. how's the Stranger Things theme come on? And she's like, I got the hook, but I haven't found really. <laughs> well, the, the listen bridge. to this. So we'll be covering Spider-Man: Far From Home first, and then, unfortunately, because Jonathan has not seen any season of Stranger <laughs> Things, uh, me and Ed will go into uh, this season of Stranger Things after Far From Home. So, Return Zed. Yes, yes. So yesterday, um, not, was it yesterday? It no, is. it was the day before. Or was it three years ago? <laughs> or was it 2013? <laughs> when Rip Torn passed uh, on the same day as Ross Perot. <clears throat> uh, uh, a huge sucking sound. Like coming this? from... from uh, We're talking about voodoo fanboyism here, here now. Jeff. So um, Ed sends me a text. <laughs> and the text goes... Our text conversation goes like this. R.I.P. Rip Torn. To which I respond, wasn't he already dead? <laughs> and like goes on. I was like, but real talk, wasn't he already dead? To which Ed says, I know. Wasn't he? That's the same exact way I feel about uh, Gene Wilder. 
I thought he died like four times <laughs> ten years ago. Just he had to he's yeah. had to start showing up at your door. Yeah. You're like Jonathan. I'm still alive. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm alive right now. But uh, I, and then I went on to go like do some little bit of investigating. It turns out there's a reason why these Mandela effects things happen because like people do death hoaxes for the oddest of celebrities. So if you're out there and a celebrity dies, I think because there's money riding on it these days. Like you, you really know. think so? That is no. Well, there's a celebrity like like death pool, pools. death pool, right? But you're not going to collect if it doesn't turn out he's real. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, like I said, like that happened with um, Goldblum a few years ago. Uh, there was a whole worldwide I, thing. I, with I assure you, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm, not I'm not dead. And he was like in Australia or something at the time. <laughs> and it was like, oh, he died on like cliff diving or something. And then he was like, he had to go on like an Australian like morning TV show and like I'm not dead. Um, that, so like, that, like that was true. <laughs> there can't be any payout if a famous celebrity can easily like go. No, sorry, I'm. Um, uh, it's just a weird thing when it comes to famous movie actor Jeff Goldblum. False. I know. I know. That was not. <laughs> Jeff Globe that, Rip that, Torn. Was crea- that was a creation of our writers. That was a creation of the writers. <laughs> Rip Torn, um, you know, for guys like me, I remember him, as Chief said, in Men in Black, the original Men in Black. And uh, for a lot of people, in the Larry Sanders show and a bunch of other awards, and we just watched the crazy video where he and Norm Mailer <laughs> are just beating the crap out of each other. It was UFC before UFC was UFC. <laughs> or yeah. drugs in the in the 60s and 70s, you know. As what did I say during during the pre-show? He was a Norman Mailer was a well-known 60s douchebag. <laughs> Never happened. So two psychopaths are just like grappling each other, surrounded by children and they're and all women. crying. They're all crying. Yeah. But all right, Rip Torn. Um, rest in peace. <laughs> see, see, you, you, you mentioned that, and you don't mention the character of Mayax, the evil priest from Beastmaster. Shame. Edward. Oh dear God. Shame. Oh yeah, Edward. but you, but you don't. You, uh, no one talks about his performance in Airplane. Um, he was one of the guys, one of the suits where they're getting coffee from that. Um, from that airplane from that. two airplane two okay airplane two <laughs> uh, the whoa god what the hell was it no see oh lord did you got, send us down the rabbit hole because airplane two is a personal it's a point of connection between you and me so deep never happened. it's something called the whatever institute for impotence oh my god right and they go so is the whatever incident for We've heard of it. <laughs> I'm aware of it. I'm aware of it. <laughs> and the weird part is that Rip Torn, of course, plays two parts in that. He plays that guy from the commission. He also plays Reagan. If you remember, Ed, there's a scene <laughs> in the film where they cut to the Reagan White House and he goes, I got and one more shot, Mr. President, and like he's whole, like he's shaking hands. <laughs> and then you see that the hands are fake hands, like they're just like arms that go nowhere. And then he goes, All right, and now a shot for you know for the NAACP or something like that. And he picks up two hands and they're two black hands. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that really hit Ed hard. <laughs> so it's something along something along those lines. And I always found it weird because like it's like okay, Rip Torn is in this comedy. He's playing one of these like government official guys with like red hair and, re- and a red yeah, mustache yeah, yeah. in one scene, and then 
out of nowhere, it's like, no, let's just make him Reagan too. <laughs> it's like versatile comedic performer Rip Torn. But of course, here's the <laughs> thing. Rip also did start to get known for doing a little, lot more co comedic stuff. Mm. Um, you know, Men in Black is essentially a comedic part. Uh, Do Dodgeball. I was going to bring that up. Because it's like it's I know Steven Root was in it also, but right. it's Rip Torn who says if you can if you can dodge, dodge a French, you can you dodge, dodge a ball. ball. <laughs> uh, and of course, Larry Sanders. Yeah. Which ran which was, you know, the proto um, HBO comedy show everyone had to see. And, you know, how long was that on? And he was such a gigantic mm -hmm. part of that show. I mean, so um, hope you stay dead. I hope you stay dead, Rip. <laughs> I don't, I don't, we didn't, I mean, we enjoyed your work, you know, and that's this didn't we're even mean, about. we didn't even need to go into tribute territory here. We were just going to riff on the fact that we thought he was dead. A man whose time has come. Yeah. You know? It's like, <laughs> hope you stay dead. Ha, would you, yeah, seriously, would you, ha, that should be something that should be done. In, you know, it's like, you know, so-and-so died today and God damn it, are we happy. Uh, that bastard fucking, he lived oh, too long. No. Oh, I don't want to be that show. That fucker had it coming. <laughs> well, again, the... Dude, the, are, I think we're going to get some hate on this <coughs> podcast. I think we're going to get some fanboy the, hate. Some, some rip-torn fans the out there. The of his death. Some rip-hate. I remember like when they did this one of the sequels, and they had a statue of Zed. You know? <laughs> it's like, and they had a whole uh uh, uh um uh, event, a memoriam event where they... Yeah, and Tommy Lee Jones goes up there and is like... He just says something like he never missed a day of work or something like that, or or he had no he had no sense of humor or something, and that was like it. And that was it. And he just got and it was, that that was it. He was done. It was done for. He there was a little a little self parody uh, going on there with uh, Rip Torn in the later years. But uh, again, I don't really care. I don't know why we why we took a turn down Rip Torn Alley here. Because uh, he died yesterday. Did or he? I don't know I, anymore. I, Mandela effect. Man Mandela effect. Mandela Mandela's dead, right? <laughs> see, yeah, exactly. <laughs> see, see, I'm well, I'm waiting. I'm Did waiting. Die in jail. I, I'm wa I'm waiting for the. I'm waiting for the moment. I met Mandela. What you just said. What you just said, John. I'm waiting for it's someone time. to come back and to say and to say, uh, was that the Man <clears throat> Mandela effect? It was like, no. You mean the Mandela effect? <clears throat> Wait, no. It's called the Mandela effect. I don't think so. I think it's the <laughs> Mandela effect. And then we've gone into a whole other alternate reality. Because multiple men have passed the same way as it's a the man. Mandela effect. It's the Mandela effect. All right, I think we're I think we're warmed up here. There's nothing more to cover. Um, what follows will be our Spider-Man: Far From Home spoiler review discussion. If you haven't seen the film, get the hell off. D shut this down right now. Go to the movies, see it, and then come back. Because we're obviously going to dissect everything, the post-credits, the pre-credits, <coughs> the color of Tom Holland's eyes, everything. Now, um, this, of course, is the sequel to uh, Marvel Studios' uh, co-production with Sony, which was uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Which takes place right after, this is post-Endgame. This is a post-Endgame uh timeline world mm -hmm. in the MCU. Uh, bringing most of the same people back at, you know, uh, cast and crew. Uh, again, uh, John Watts directing, 
uh, Tom Holland starting as uh, starring as uh, Spider-Man, Zendaya as MJ. Sam Jackson uh, is back. Sam Jackson makes an appearance as... Uh, Kobe Smothers, uh, John Favreau, uh, along with a bunch of other... Um, Marissa Tomei as, as Aunt May. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, uh, uh, Joseph Padalone, uh, right? Um, is it Joseph, right? Oh yes, yes, that's right. Ba- ba- Battle on, right? Battle on as uh, as as Ned, as, as Ned, and uh, Ned and we got uh, the addition of uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Jacob, by the way, Jacob Battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, no, Jacob Battle. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Uh, and and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal as uh, Mysterio, along with a bunch of other sideline characters, which you know we'll mention later, like JB Smooth. JB Smooth, of course. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, so. And um, who's Mr. Freaks and Geeks? Uh, is the, is uh, yeah, Martin Starr from, uh, Star. from from Silicon Valley. So um, this is the second installment of Spidey in the MCU. It's a it's a gigantic hit. It seems to have gone over well with the audience. Um, as Ed said, it picks up from Endgame. With a budget of $160 million, it's already made uh, $603.8. And, so and, it's doing well. Yeah, and, and Spidey is... It's budget. Yeah, and Spidey is definitely uh, well ensconced now in the Marvel Universe. Because it's funny, is it's his second solo film. But this is one of already... Five or six his, appearances, his, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you have the two, the two the Civil the War, Civil War, Homecoming, Avengers, uh, Infinity, Infinity War, War, Endgame, Endgame. So this is his fifth. This is the fifth appearance already of 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 the Spider Man. So and uh, and now I asked you, like, well, what what are the what what's the um like how far is his contract going? And I said, and I think you said they're gonna go Harry Potter on this with him. Well, I, that Feige's talked about wanting to do that initially. Um, what's funny is, and I'll get to this a little later on, <clears throat> there are contractual issues. As you know, this is a co-production between uh, Marvel and Sony. Um, and there are issues of, well, if Sony doesn't make a certain number of films within a certain period of time, the rights would revert back to Marvel. So therefore, you know, they wanted to, and Marvel, of course, is interested in keeping the spider-man brand healthy so while they would probably have liked to have gotten the rights to revert back they were very interested in co going in with sony co-producing something it's a whole mishmash the sony uh hacks happened and you know blah 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 i'll talk a little something about that's come up somewhat recently about that later on um, but yeah, the, I guess the idea of casting Holland so young <clears throat> is to go, go on a journey with him. Take and, him to college. Yeah, exactly. And if the, if these movies continue to do as well as they are. Take his girlfriend to the abortion clinic. <sighs> yeah. uh, where's that big jar? You so, you know, <laughs> you say that, Ed, you say that, it's, you act as though John's just said something outrageous in terms of Spider-Man. May I remind you that there is a Spider-Man comic. In which it's a story where Mary Jane dies of cancer because Spidey was shooting her up with his radioactive sperm. Mm. Yeah, that's an actual effing Marvel comic book. (laughs) So let's not get all high and mighty here. Spider-Man can never win, man. He can't. He he couldn't. Radioactive jizz, man. Radioactive jizz. We started the jar about three years ago, and it sort of just disappeared. Even the politics jar. Well, was that (laughs) no? The politics jar is here. Wait, see, I was about to say, do we have a jizz jar? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) 
Kazungui. Uh, we're opening up a clinic at TBC. Right, we're, we're, we're done. We're done. We're done. I'm Ed, shutting this Ed down. Is, Ed is walking away from the. So anyway, so uh, getting away from the bodily fluids of Spider-Man. Um, sticky. It's hands. a very yes, sticky hands. Um, I'm going to start with John here since he got us on this oh, little. Okay. You know, uh, John. John was able to see it. Your initial reaction to the film, uh, what worked for you, what may not have worked for you, uh, go. Give, you know. I like, first, I'd like to give a big shout out to the Nighthawk. It is not Alpine. And, uh, oh, man. I was at the Alpine. I just, I just don't feel like paying the, t- the ticket yeah, prices. Yeah. You know, so, Nighthawk so- is $13. But anyway, um, and they serve food. They serve beer, alcohol, cocktails. Oh, man. But at the end You're of not the gonna day, get free tickets. Nighthawk, sponsor us. I live close by. I'm gonna be your biggest fan. Sponsor us. Give me money. Give us money. Let us do what we do okay. best. What about Spider Man, uh, John? Anyway, the Nighthawk was is a great theater. <laughs> and no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> all right, uh, <laughs> all right, the movie itself. Um, There's no jizz jar there. <laughs> don't know continue john well, please the floor was sticky no, anyway um so <laughs> so um the, the movie was great uh start to finish i in my opinion um uh i thought tom holland was great i'm not even though i am familiar with spider-man i'm not too familiar with the mysterio uh, character character that you much. probably would know him more from the maybe 90s cartoon yeah yeah I knew he was a bad guy, but I was still when, <clears throat> when Spider-Man got played for Edith, I got played for Edith, and I was like, "What?" And and then he's sitting in a room, and like half the people, uh, Edith being the the the, uh, the, the satellite Stark's, defense system yeah, that yeah, was yeah. that Tony Stark. Even in from. death, I'm, I'm still the hero. The hero yeah, or yeah. something like that. Um, uh, the action was great. I thought the CGI was great. I thought the acrobatics were great. I mean, they they delivered. On, on some of the action. I, I really thought the special effects were amazing. Um, and then I hate to skip through the whole entire movie on my review, but really the bombshell was the post credit. Yeah. And and I was that my jaw dropped. I'm like, <clears throat> what? You're, you, you just revealed at we're the just... very end of this movie that uh, Peter Parker's true identity, Spider-Man's true identity right. as Peter Parker and he's in the middle of New York City, and he, he thought he was the, the shit. And now I can't wait for the next movie, the way they left me. Okay, you felt that wait. that worked for you as, as a, as a this, yeah. is what, this is a big deal and is going to go on to the... Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, automatic. So we automatically know we got part three coming pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, I'm sure thing, you're going to, on your negative review... You're you're probably gonna remind me of other things I might want to bring up, but overall I give it like a seven point nine. I give it a seven point nine. Very very precise. <clears throat> yes. Had to go down to the lab for that one to get those yeah. metrics. Gotcha. I, did, I did. I did. I can't give it an eight because there were there were some parts where it did feel a little. What did you say? Flat. Mm-hmm. There was some moments it did feel flat, uh, okay. and there were some tropes I feel like they just went through. Um, but as far as like an action adventure superhero movie, you felt that it, it delivered I, what it I needed thought it, to do. I thought it hit the main points. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's fair. Uh-huh. That's fair. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're allowed to, you know, have your own goddamn opinion, John. And one of my favorite scenes is <clears throat> Samuel Jackson talking to Peter Parker. And, and continually and, getting interrupted. And continue, yeah, continually getting interrupted and about to shoot like his teacher with poison darts and, and his girlfriend with a poison dart and the, the fat guy's uh, <clears throat> girlfriend with a poison dart. I thought that was hysterical. Um, Gunning down innocent children brings a smile to well, Jonathan Vergara's face. Actually, in this climate, I don't want to say that. But it but... is what I feel. <laughs> Murder of the Innocents brings it's, uh, <laughs> brings it's, a joy to me that I can't... tranquilizer darts. We're not talking about gunning kids down with a machine gun. Right. Yeah, you're just like, <laughs> yeah, you're just like drugging them. Is that... That's... Oh, my goodness. Hold now, on. You were the, guy who, you, you were the guy who did fast. cry uh, when the, the fat black kid was running from in Logan, right? Yeah, yeah. I think you did. No, he was saying he was crying. It's like, no, no, yeah, don't was, get him. All right, so Edward, your uh, your take on uh, this uh, second chapter? I, I had I had uh, loads of fun. Um, granted that it it, it's it's yeah it's 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 a fun summer movie, and it's in in my mind that's what it should be treated as. Um, it wasn't uh, heavy as Endgame. <clears throat> it wasn't as um, Lord no Lord knows on uh, I do have to agree you couldn't do. Do you want to go? No, you no, no. I'm just saying, it's like you c- you couldn't you couldn't have an a next chapter in Marvel mm. and have it be as heavy as Endgame yeah. and Infinity War. Right. You you needed a palate cleanser. Yeah. 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 So now it's a fun summer movie. Should be treated as just um, the performances. I thought were what made it for me um, that worked were the performances. Tom Holland is. Peter Parker. He does a really good Peter Parker. Um, that said, I mean, is it a perfect movie? No. There are a lot of... And, and make, I'm pretty sure... Okay. But is he the youngest move cinematic Peter Parker? I, I have a feeling he is. Oh, all yes. The other, yeah, the, yeah, all the others yeah. are like college, oh, yes, by, right? By a, by, like by all... a country mile. McGuire, yeah. um, uh, <clears throat> I college. believe... Not even, not even that. As an actor, he was already in his twenties. I think yeah. he was like very late twenties. Yeah, yeah, late twenties. I think he was closing in on thirty yeah, yeah, when yeah. he got the role. Um, Garfield was like twenty five ish, something along those lines, and he was playing this, you know, a seventeen year old. Uh, so but this is the youngest actor to play the youngest version of Spider Man. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Right? Where we're along st- with a really, a, a really young looking Marissa Tomei, who's not that young. <laughs> She's already in her 50s and she looks marvelous, but that's besides the point. Um, but again, the, the what worked, that stuff worked, but again, it's not a perfect movie. Um, it has a lot of, like, the sur- Miguel will get into this in a bit, um, because he he couldn't, like, when, when, I, when I saw this, after I saw this, spoke to him on the phone and he couldn't stop screaming on the phone. I was sick. And Ed. because he was, I'm like, why are you screaming? Oh, and this is this is the only it, way like that you so can. Mad at the and film. this is the only way you can. Well, no, no. The truth is, the truth is, I was trying to get my point across. But as the, uh, we were talking before, I'm getting over something, uh, in which I was really, really sick, and it's really affected my chest. The spider phlegm. That's <coughs> coming out right now. <clears throat> and like, uh, in order to talk to him, I'm trying to go like, no, man, I totally disagree. But it, it, Ed was like, why are you yelling at me? Yeah, it's... You're yelling at me right now, and I find it very offensive. And, I was and like, granted, not, granted, you yell... I yell much, in general. And just so. in general, right? So, um, But yeah, I mean, the, the side characters are really wasted. Mysterio, Inc. 
is just for me it's done well in this movie uh, uh, I think a lot of things worked I think it does it's make like, sense yeah that it's you know. got to be bigger um, than a one man operation Jake is uh, Jake who is a fine actor Jake can't do any wrong in my eyes <laughs> I, I love this guy. Now, what is this about this Brokeback thing you have for him? <laughs> What's that about? I think it started with Brokeback. No, no. It started with... Uh, <laughs> what John is saying is John would date Maggie to get to Jake. That's yes. what he's And she lives to. around this area, right? So yes. she lives in the neighborhood. He's going to start walking some dogs. Oh, hey. Yes. And then, and then be like, uh, so how's your brother doing? Is your brother? You know? Yes. <laughs> Jake around. I'm going to say... Uh, Wait, do you, do you walk some of uh, the Gyllenhaal's dogs? Or is it the, that Alex does that? I, I, and would, I hate to, this is, I, to be derailed we, we here. Actually, but. We actually are not allowed to disclose. Oh, okay. I, I, all right. Alex all right, told fine. me... But he does walk a famous actor slash director's dog. And oh, I'll leave it at that. Man. Can I Shout talk about it? Shout out to Alex. Can I talk about it? No, it's not, no, no, you wouldn't be talking about it. I don't, anyway, know, I don't, I don't want to get him in trouble. Uh, so, Jake, but, Jake um, I think he does. I think, you know, surprise, surprise. He is the villain of this of this movie. Um, and uh, uh, I think he he does. He does a good job at it. Um, anything other that's an initial response um, post credit scenes were leaving me. I was scratching my head because um, I now you had already you saw it before I did, and 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 I'm like you know my I had my mother in law with me and she's like I want to see it. She was staying for the week, but I just couldn't get any time to to watch it. And then you come out and you go, and I'm like. Just give me the spoilers. I don't care. Like I'm really? gonna watch it eventually. You asked and you're well. That's fun. that's the difference between me and Ed. I am like, don't tell me crap. I don't want to know. No, this some guy, things. Whoa, 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 this whoa, whoa, guy whoa. often is like, yeah, I don't care. Just tell me whatever. Some things, like Stranger Things. I'm like, could you please shut up about Stranger Things? Because you're invested. Wait, wait, like and hours. I don't like force that. You're just like, don't tell me. And I was like, I'm not telling you. Anything. Yeah, but you kept calling and like, did you finish it? Yet? Did you finish it? Yet? Did yeah, because like yet? we got. Got a fucking show we have to do, <laughs> you know. Um, and I, but anyway, so um, and you tell me about the some of the spoilers. For example, the scrolls. Um, here. Oh man, Fury and Maria Hill. The post credits reveal that they're scrolls. By the way, and it's how? like, what? what? How's this? Like scrolls moving on forward. What kind of a a, a post end game? Post. Like and and a and a uh, uh, um, a phase four MCU you know, going to look like it, where the scrolls are a part of the picture now and how are they going to be treated? I don't know. It, and, it was a little reminiscent of in, Inception because at, but at the end of the movie, I was like, "What was real? Like everything was fake. Mm. Everyone yeah, was you're, you're dealing with Mysterio, Mysterio already. Who already altered your reality so much? And then at the end of the movie, Samuel Jackson was not Samuel Jackson. Uh, that said, another and, and another um, again, this is an initial reaction to another post credit scene where they have the setup for Peter Parker, enemy of this, uh, like a uh, public, public enemy, enemy or whatever. One. I love that angle. All right, now now he's he's in a pickle. He's got to climb out of that. For whatever is going to be set up next. So, yeah. okay, moving on to you, and then we'll get into the. To okay, the we'll stuff. be moving on to me after some words from friends, Edward. I like friends. Ed, you know, uh, we were over your place the other day, and uh, you were having some work done down there in the basement, right? Yeah, so I've got a basement. I, I know it's really unbelievable here in Brooklyn, but uh, I've got a basement. Uh, 
and my wife has an office downstairs, but our, we had our bathroom basement done and, um, Anna Maria Stanimir Gromo, a friend of the podcast who lives out in France, she consults and she says, Hey, let me design your, your basement bathroom. And that's exactly what she did. She did everything, um, via email, via FaceTime, did the renderings and everything, right? Renderings and everything, a completely beautiful. I took the renderings and uh, hired a contractor, and they are currently putting the, as we we're speaking, putting the finishing touches on my basing. And it looks fantastic. It looks great. Servicing clients, domestic and international, a master's here to help you through your different phases to transform your space into a reflection of you. Go to masterdesign.com. That is a master spelled A M A S T A design uh, oh what's the matter miguel uh, i feel fat ed i feel the same way too oh you too john yeah you guys you both you guys need to get in shape and a way to go about this is by going with jp total fitness jp total fitness what's that oh uh our pal jonathan padilla a friend of the show uh, runs a Brooklyn-based personal training and remote coaching service committed to leading you becoming stronger and faster. Go to jptolafitness.com. All right. And those were words from friends. Hey, your friends sound a lot like you. Yes, yes. Well, I only hang out with people who have the exact same likes, tastes, everything Name. like me. Biometric systems. Pretty much. And pretty I'm not much. sure, but like, like um, was the insert... Oh, I feel fat. Yeah, I'm. I'm only comfortable around other fat people, Edward. You know that. That's why I we're. Do too. That's why we no longer see each other on a daily basis because you've gotten in shape, and I'm like, I can't compete with that. Actually, Miguel approached me on the street because I was running out real quick to grab a, cu- a cup of coffee, and they were already near the studio. And someone's yelling, yelling out, "Hey, hey!" But I paid no mind. There's a lot of crazy people in Brooklyn. But anyway, if it turns out that crazy person was, it was Miguel. Miguel. No, but he comes crossing the street, walking towards me, and he's like dressed in all black, looks almost like the Punisher. Like he looks like a hitman. Wearing, but then our, he, wearing our shirt. Wearing, wearing our... a TB shirt, uh, TBC shirt uh, with the black shirt unbuttoned. But then as I look up, he has this nice like Indiana Jones fedora hat. I'm like... It's Indiana Punisher. It's Indiana Punisher. And then and I said, do you mean like Indiana Jones slash the Punisher? Or do you mean the Punisher from Indiana? Not because those are two specifically different. The Iowan reprimander who just points your finger at you. The Iowan reprimander, right? Exactly. (laughs) Oh, okay. So um, my take on on this um, and also going through the basic plot of the film. Now, I want to preface this as I am not one of these people who are very vocal online who are anti-Tom Holland, anti-the MCU Spider-Man. And you believe it or not, there's a rather vocal group out there who really still... Okay. Um, and wait, it, wait, it's, in favor for what then? Their issues are, and this is going to tie into a lot of this stuff like before. This is kind of a surprise for me. Well, the problems are all the changes that are in MCU Spider-Man. The the assumption was when Spider-Man was going to join the Marvel Cinematic Universe was that this was going to be the most comic accurate version we've ever seen on the big screen. And at first... The reactions were positive. Well, no, no. At first, that assumption 
was should have been wrong in the first place because the truth is these characters in their adaptation to live action by Marvel, uh, they've all gone through some rather some radical changes. But if you really look at it, Spider-Man really is the most radical. These are not small things. This isn't just updating Iron Man's, uh, you know, origin story to, you know, a post 9-11 world or something. You know, this is, you know, a change to Aunt May. No discussion of Ben Parker so far. Yeah. Um, the, you know... Some of it does make sense in context of doing it modern day. Wait, hold but, on. So some of the criticisms were there's no Ben, no, there's no Uncle Ben in, in, in any the of the sort of weird juxtaposition of making him Iron Man's sort of. Like, Meanwhile, there's been like a plethora of yeah. Oh, we've been bludgeoned, uh, yes, bludgeoned over the head with, with Uncle Ben. Yes, there are other people and now, who say that. And then there's also now there are those people who say, "Well, it's not there. We are five appearances into it, and they haven't even said his name." You know what I mean? Like it's Uncle just ben the illusion. Well, we do see right. the suitcase, the suitcase with the yeah, initials on it. Yeah, but let's be honest. But most I, I people, understand. that's a right, blinker. Fine, fine, that's fine, there. and fine. I'm explaining again right. what this issue is. So I'm not one of these people who mm. has an issue with that. Um, and I absolutely adored Homecoming. Um, Tom Holland, I thought, has been really good as a young Spider-Man from his initial appearance in Civil War. Uh, I don't have a problem with things like, you know, getting the stoot from Stark or any of those stuff. And of course, Homecoming is, in my opinion, a really strong film. Shout out to our friend of the show, Pete, who doesn't like it at all. But I, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Homecoming. I thought it was it was fun. I thought the villain was incredibly strong. I thought it played into all of the classic Peter Parker, you know, melodramatic nonsense that is always Peter Parker's life. Okay. I honestly felt after I came out of Far From Home that this was a very rote, very mediocre often flat you know standard right from the marvel formula you know piece of film work and i was i was kind of on the disappointed side it's not a terrible movie but i i i don't i didn't feel anything anywhere around i don't think uh i think that there's all these sort of like and we're going to do this in the story that happens because the script's written that way but i didn't feel anything uh i think that this time around the supporting casts are all nincompoops for no reason just so that they can we, we can say and do funny things and that's another part if it at least i laughed Context there, they all they're they're all like high school kids. No, 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 they're no. In the school. first film, there was a it's what I call a character having inherent dignity. When you say a character has inherent dignity, it that means that there are certain things you, you care about them as fully fleshed out characters. You can be funny with them. Well, but ultimately they're a character, they're not just a punchline. Here they're all just punchlines. Um, <clears throat> they're all just like, sh they're <clears throat> yeah. There's also the fact that on the stuff that things that should matter, it's strangely it's all weightless and it stuff just happens. Um, 
it should have given you and again this is going through the going through things point by point in the film we start out it's post endgame as you said it's everyone coming back from the world what did i say was the issue with keeping okay. the snap and I, no and no no I, what did i say was the issue with keeping the snap that it was just like it's too big just, an event it's just too big an event and it's just like okay and that you I, if if it the better choice would have been to not to reverse time or do something like that because Marvel Studios is never going to handle a, a, an event like that with the weight that it has <laughs> to have, right? And so the first post-Endgame film we get is Far From Home, and how do they treat the snap? It's a joke. It's a blip. It's a joke. Oh, the marching band was there, and then they came back in the middle of a football game, and then nothing about it is brought up at all Anyway, the whole world is the same as it was five years ago. Just is. And that, that I will agree. Like um, Aunt May, who gives that little the, at, the, at the charity funding right. thing. And she just mentions quickly, I, I, disappeared I disappeared for five years and I appeared. And the woman that was in my apartment thought that I was a, her husband's uh, mistress. Right. And ha, it's ha, like, ha, 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 ha. you know, hey, let's go to the back, Peter, you know. Right. And, uh, and that's another example right. of another character who... I'm not saying that Aunt May was super well-developed in Homecoming, but she felt like a real character. Here, again, vector for jokes. Mm. It's just sort of like totally... No, and you know, like the, if, it's, if it's meant to be fun that, okay, her and Happy had a little fling, a summer fling, I don't mind that, right? That's fine. But, um, but the... I, and this is something going back to when we were talking about Endgame... I, I do kind of feel like the MCU, and I'm I'm sure many would agree that they kind of painted themselves into a corner with the snap, right? Um, they, now yeah, they that's have to my come point. To terms. They, they my my point is they're with... never going to come to terms mm -hmm. with it. They're never going to treat it with the weight because it would change literally every single level of society. Everything Universal. they're never going to get into it. There's gonna like it's a universe where. Half of the universe randomly and eight months later, it doesn't seem to have affected Aunt May that she was dead for five years. Mm -hmm. She's just hey, woo, woo, woo. right. And again, so she's kind of airy fairy. Then there's no development there, so, and therefore there is now. Wait, wait, wait. Hold mm -hmm. it. There's then we get into something that's important to our 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 protagonist. Movie starts out. The kids are going on a high school trip uh, to Europe. Off camera, Peter Parker's developed a crush on MJ on the MCU's version of Mary they, Jane that came out of on Zendaya. Mm -hmm. And throughout the entirety, John, remember, throughout the entirety of Homecoming, he wasn't interested in MJ. Throughout the entirety of Homecoming, he was, he was concentrating on another girl. Now, suddenly, the movie starts off and is like, I really want to go, you know, and have a romantic time. Where did this come from? Mm -hmm. MJ... Zendaya in this film, she's not developed in this film whatsoever. We don't learn anything more about her. She was the weirdo, sarcastic, nerdy chick in the first film, and she's the weirdo, narcissist. We don't learn anything more about why that is, what her home life likes, why is she interested in Peter, what her anything. It's not developed. It's just kind of there. And you know what? And here's the, the funny thing is, you know, for me watching it, even though, and that's a failure in writing, but the performances, what they deliver, 
I, I felt were very solid. Like the the scene on the bridge as 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 Holland is tell is is telling Sendaya his his feelings. Um, there was something very Hollywood about that moment, you know, and I felt that the and that's two a good thing? had that just just a scene in isolation of everything else. Meaning, like you have really good performers who are given a script, and they can give you a scene. See, I, okay, I but felt... again, but 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 again, in the overall uh, in the overall uh, aspect of things, with that specific with the writing scene and the plot, me... the plot has serious issue well again again I, I that's scene specifically felt very disney channel to me and in uh, fact that was a case of a lot of the comedy and other things in the in the movie so uh, i don't know what that scores. means i don't know what that i would see that's not an excuse like i no, said no, no, I, again, in the first film that still worked here it was they're just here for the jokes and they're not fully formed characters and we're, even even you know ned feels completely superfluous in this film mm. as Peter's friend. As opposed to in, in Homecoming. Where in the first film, mm. he seemed integral to Peter's journey and is supporting him materially in the act of being Spider-Man. I think in the last review, I even said he's his tank. Yeah, well, yeah. You and, know, from The Matrix. Yeah, exactly. Well, he and says here, so himself, I'm the guy in the he's chair. He's the guy in the right? chair. So. He doesn't even, he's not even the guy in the chair in this one. Now, did you feel that um, they're um, the two returning writers... Um, were they McKenna, returning writers? Yeah. I thought they well, were Chris McKenna and Eric, and Eric Summers, right? They're, they're, they're were the, they were they the same ones from the first film? Um, the first film had like five writers, and here you just have those two. Oh, okay. So somehow right. the, the writing staff shrunk, but yet at the same time, and uh, I've I've heard some opinions out there that it felt like you have first, second, third act that they were that they felt like they were different writers for 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 these acts. You know, because Maybe. some felt that some liked the second act or that the third act. And I have again, read online a lot of opinions that people say that they felt that the film took some time to get started, like that the first half of it mm -hmm. didn't work for some people. Like I said, to me, it's all that is another problem. I don't feel a lot of like ramping up or ramping down or building up towards anything or it's all very flat because for me. because those those J.B. Smooth Martin Starr scenes are just like what? Well, again, Very throw they, away. They're totally you cut them out and they don't matter. Yeah, they don't matter. Don't matter at all. to the story. They don't. They don't. And oh, they're not. Hey, uh, hey. And they're yeah. not even well defined again as characters, other than jokes. Other than oh, the height, like John said, the high school, you know, chaperones who are oh, we're just oh, we're getting an upgrade. Isn't that funny? Eh, didn't work for me. So Peter and his crew, they're on this trip to 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 Europe, uh, and Spider Man, Peter Parker is looking to kind of like. Put aside superheroing for a little bit, you know. After being dead and fighting in fighting at the end of Endgame and everything else, he kind of just wants to be a kid. And you know, power, responsibility, yada yada. Nick Fury is looking for him and wants to bring him in on some case. That who ends up not being Nick Fury. Which okay, so now the theme of your um, Tony Stark entrusted you to be to take over. All that's his, right? He he made you his heir. We find out that Tony Stark has some kind of AI, AI worldwide how do you network feel about of that, drones that and satellites that he no, but, has but, put but, in yeah, control. But how do you feel about that theme, And though? he has put in control of a 16, 17-year-old kid. A genius. A kid genius. Let, no, no. Let's, That's another problem. I don't know. I don't know if there are a lot of aspects. I don't know if this film showcased Peter Parker 
No, just Quite. one scene where he's talking to what's his name, Mysterio, about inter. No, the develop. Listen, I mean, uh, the development and... of Peter Parker being kid genius. That's that's already embedded. That's already. But is it really um, showcased in this movie? I don't know if it really is. And then you you go in all. What the do you fumbling. want him to do? He's 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 a real uh, spider. In the, the first sense. in the first film, they had him employ his scientific acumen to to help him track down the vulture and his gang and stuff. There's really not anything like that in this movie. Um, they don't concentrate on that. But again, going back to so suddenly Peter Parker is given with this incredible responsibility of the Aether system, and Nick Fury. Wants him to uh, team up with another quote-unquote hero uh, played by Jake Gyllenhaal who claims he's from another dimension, another parallel reality uh, to fight these elemental creatures. And Don't ever apologize for being the smartest kid in the room. <laughs> All right, and it's like Gyllenhaal's character is, who gets named by the public as Mysterio, well, named by Parker's friends right. as Mysterio. Italian. Which... Again, like it, it really should have come as no surprise because Mysterio, traditionally being one of uh, Spidey's main classic enemies, classic rogue gallery enemies for Spidey, um, who in the comics is just a, is a guy. He's a he's a liar. He's a liar. Yeah, it's all about <laughs> it, yeah. It's it's illusions. That's yeah. his shtick. And in this version, he he ha comes with a sob story that he's from a parallel universe. That was destroyed, and he's coming here yeah, to do this. And essentially, and he's pulled the wool over. Um, and it, we over find out that it's eyes. all just a gigantic con mm -hmm. on Mysterio's part, because Which he I love. wants I love to that. get I love with the it. whole team. We find out eventually because he wants to get control of this Edith system from Peter Parker, and once he gets that. Uh, it's all like a, it's a, it's a psych out con game to get Peter to essentially f not feel worthy enough to social want to hand over it's social engineering, to, which to want to hand this over to somebody. I've had my hand in, Ed, in, in, is in a, hacking is a social engineering. Of, okay. uh, well, creating so, illusions. So we get to the point where after the, the, the handover comes, Peter is. Brought out that he finds out that Mysterio always been lying to him. Uh, he that nearly gets Mysterio. killed. And then eventually we have a big old, you know, a showdown in London where uh, Peter, using his spider sense, uh, uh, goes scene. in there uh, without using his eyesight, just uses his spider sense, defeats Mysterio and his army of drones and whatnot. And then we get to the basically the end of the film where... Mysterio has set up a, something in which he's able to reveal to the world that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Uh, that's what the first post-credit scene. Uh, and I'll and get to the, to, to the next. Now, the overall, here's my issue, as I said. They went too heavy. This was much broader with the jokes. This is going to sound a lot like my Stranger Things uh, 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 3 review. They went very broad with the jokes more. I don't feel the characters were developed as much. I felt, you guys, I I am, I'm one of these like, am I taking crazy pills, guys? Because everyone is just losing their mind over Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio, and I thought it was the flattest, most uninteresting performance well, look, imaginable. I, I, but that that was a tough sell. That was a real. T I think any actor would have fell a little short trying to. Trying here's to the play thing, though. That Mysterio. No, 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 no. Yeah. Look, look, here's the thing. 
it is all like well this, and good. He's it, like the super genius, smart guy who develops this technology, and then he's supposed to act and pretend like he's all smited by Tony Stark, and then he has to pretend he's a crazed maniac. And yeah, he ch- I didn't feel any of that. No, I did I not feel a that. That's thing. what I'm saying. There, there was like, he Jake Gyllenhaal had to sell ten different characters. And I don't think no, no, he was, no. but see, that's my well, thing. That's my, I don't that, think he was what, selling and, anything. And that's, that's my worked, problem. I didn't feel. And that's feel. what worked for me is that Tony, Tony, um, he stole my technology. And Barf, he said, remember? and he said, and he, and he even named it Barf, you know, like the, 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 the sort of the, and I think, um, he didn't even, Jake, Ed, Ed, Jake, Jake's you're doing a better job of doing that on. line Jake's than Gyllenhaal did in the movie. Hold on. I, and I felt, and I was sold by Jake's performance because, you know, on the, on the surface and you look at Jake, I mean, for Pete's sake, you're in love with him, yes, right? Yes, I'm in love. And, and he's that good of an actor. We all, he doesn't have to prove anything to anyone, you know? Um, Although I didn't like velvet uh, underwear that much or well, whatever look, it's called, velvet art. Or... He sold it for me as Mysterio, <laughs> Mysterio Inc., which I thought was just brilliant. Yeah. You know, because it took it really has to Because it take wasn't a team just him. It was yeah. all Lee. of these di- all of these disgruntled <laughs> that scene Stark was employees. Hysterical, and he was toasting all yeah. the See, individual members. I, I, and that, again, that, that is a comic funny. book. That yeah. is a that is a, a comic book. book tr- uh, no, see again. Where you have I'm gonna tell you right now you have an industry that has to um that has to team up and I mean that's the whole point of Rogues Rogues Gallery. Blah 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 for prosthetics and blah 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 the the scientists behind the drones and and here's to you know it already was an exposition heavy scene and he's he's giving me exposition (laughs) on the exposition. Exposition. (laughs) I'm no that didn't work for me. Um I the other part is that I get that Mysterio was trying to come off as the square jawed hero type and so couldn't be all that interesting when he was trying to be the good guy. But the second they did that switch over, which already was like, contri- it's contrivance city all over. Oh, this happens to be the bar where we're going in and I, I know this is the place he's going to hand me over the glasses to? I, what? No, 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 no. Contrivance Wait, I, city. I, I don't understand. What, what? That in other words, yeah. just happened to me. He knew at that moment, that night, Peter Parker was going to hand over the glass to him, and these people were all going to be like, Whoa, "That's the material." We've got everything. No, no, that's the no. material. That's and contrivance. It is, all of this, by the way. <laughs> no, that's contrivance. There's that other scene where he's be, uh, where he's getting Spider-Man to reveal who else he's told about about the projector and all that, and. Uh, He's tricked Spider-Man completely. But that's it doesn't Any, everywhere it he doesn't, goes, everywhere he walks, every person he sees was Wait, so mysterious. every person was, everywhere? He was preparing. But I'm saying yeah, yeah. no no no, I'm saying then in other words, the choice. I'm saying the technology was that great that you can trick Peter you Parker. Can, well, look, look, look. Either no, way. No, 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 no. I mean, no, 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 I'm saying in other words, I'm saying that they set up that bar. That that place. Yeah. Jake that. said, let's get a drink and brought him to that bar. Right. Yeah. And to the point, knowing that that That's was the assumption. moment. That's an assumption. Again, it's immaterial. When Peter It doesn't matter where it would have taken place. It, that's Mysterio my, Inc. could it, have happened. It, it maybe, have man, anywhere. but that's no. So, and, and see, and the other problem is that once that switchover happens, it would be something if I felt, wow, this character is so is so night and day. Heroic Mysterio and devious evil Mysterio are two separate guys. And I don't even think he changed the way he talked. 
I don't think that there was a change in the character. There's one little look at his supposed manicness, and that's the moment where he goes, he named it Barf? But that's really cartoony. I, yes, there's I some disagree. I disagree. Whatever. to be that cheesy. Okay, but he well, wasn't cheesy. That's okay, what I mean. Okay, what, it what was are only some that of the one other... moment that where he was cheesy. He called it okay. Barf? And then the rest is like, okay, I get it. There's a line or two about how he's so interested in the, the cape. Right, so what are some right? of the other... No, no, let me finish. There's a line or two Have about... costume ready. About his costuming. Yeah. Um, there are things they could have done. All right. Bringing up Keaton from Homecoming, okay? That's there are many layers. That's Keaton. Right. No, there are many layers. No one can be Keaton. <laughs> there are many layers there. There's a whole thing about that slide, that easy slide into villainy that Vulture had where it was like, oh, well, look, working class guy. And then suddenly it's like, I'm murdering kids. And you see, I'm glad you bring whereas, that up. Whereas I, I'm, I'm with Gyllenhaal's Mysterio, they had a chance to do something where it was like, Gyllenhaal did not give two craps about Peter Parker. His whole point was not to ruin Peter Parker's day. Mysterio in this film is about getting the technology that he feels is owed him because he's a disgruntled Stark employee. Yeah. And he doesn't care about Peter Parker one way or the other. Really, he doesn't have any. He doesn't have any bad feelings for him. I believe that that was an honest thing in the character. Yeah. And he says to a guy, "You're the re you know, you know. Congratulations. Now Peter Parker's blood is on your hands." But you don't feel any real struggle. It's just suddenly, it's like. Well, I'm glad you bring up. I'm glad you bring up Keaton in this because um, we we look at um, Vulture as. In other words, you can be feel sympathetic to some of the elements that make Vulture who he is, you know. And I had those a little bit of those feelings because, you know, we, you know, this is a uh, um, this is an MCU. Well, it's not just that the, the, the MCU is a universe that looks up to Tony Stark as a god, but deep down inside, some of us are aware that no, he's really he's really had a um, a hand at screwing a bunch of things up, right? So, isn't, but isn't this also a problem, though? Because this is also derivative. How I mean, you are you? We have brought this up with you, Ed, and you always say, "Well, it's a Stark-centric universe." I yeah. don't think that's an excuse for doing it for the tenth, fifteenth, twentieth time. I don't think that you know. It's like the Iron Man movies alone are are yeah, those are Tony Stark-based movies. But even it got old in the Iron Man movies. Then Ultron got a hard. Well, I don't. I don't know Tony how to Stark. help you then, because like, you know, how how, yeah, how does the MCU move past beyond that? And and going out to space might be a solution. Uh, um, you don't. In the long you term. didn't have to make this what it was. It. It's. You say how do you move sure, beyond it? You didn't. But, you didn't have to you know, make him. Uh, you could have made something. Things come back from this. Uh, every everybody coming back from I, the blip snap. I feel like you can give an excuse for the first post Iron Man movie supposedly that you do need to it, I you guess, do need John, to mourn the loss right and, and, need, and get yeah, into yeah, that yeah, yeah, i get yeah, yeah, that yeah. but and if and they it, do second and it makes more sense later the, and it makes sense for the I'd villain agree with you. to have that connection yeah, the yeah. problem is is that they had done it so often like that's another issue even if you're right and it does make sense mm -hmm. and it does on a level make sense it's still something i've seen before which all this also goes to another thing um why is it in the mcu every avengers level threat really just comes down to you know easily trash mook robots that's it's an avengers level threat 
Okay, what does that mean? Uh, it means an army of robots that you can turn on and off pretty much. That's uh, that's all it comes down to. Because that's what... that Massive the scale. Yeah. It's the, the Chitauri. Um, we've got uh, Ultron's well, look, army. Let, let me... Now we've got uh, Mysterio and the drones. Yeah. I'm just like kind of going like... Well, let me ask you the the uh, um, were one of the things, and we kind of briefly touched upon this pregame. Um, a traditional Spidey uh, story. Now you do you feel that or displeased that it's moving away from that the na- the friendly neighborhood stuff? Because this there is, is another there issue. is no more friendly neighborhood Spider. Yeah, at this point. there's International also spider. Yeah. The, there's this whole issue of. It's not right. New York home-based. Like, Spider-Man yeah. is a 16-year-old kid mm. who is should be um, a street-level hero more often than not. Spidey's villains are Which is not... Which one of the reasons why I don't... Stop and drug deals. Why he was rapes. never a favorite of mine. Well, hey, let's put it this way. Even if it's bigger than drug deals... Banks, bank robbers. Even if it's bigger than that, it's usually not the t- complete total end-of-the-world type guys. Spidey's stories are personal. You know, it's saving a person. It's yeah. stopping. It's trying to stop a crime. Yes, yeah. some of the at, villains at do. Always at a loss. Yeah. yeah. And some of the villains do sometimes get into much larger level threats. Mm. But now Spider-Man is in charge of a, of a worldwide <laughs> AI network and drones that can strike from anywhere in the. It's so big. Much like the much like the snap, mm. I have zero confidence they're gonna really get into what that means. Yeah, he almost yeah. blew the bus up. Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. what can't he do now? now what I, can't Spider Man do? I do, do? do agree that at this point, yeah. I'm, again, it's right. It's painting yourself into a corner. All right, like I don't have a problem if it does. It's immaterial to me that you know that 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 Parker is a teenager. Right, you can have teenagers. Or geniuses and can do great things but again like we're okay so where are you gonna where are you gonna take this idea that a genius teenager with a billion dollar infrastructure yeah where is that gonna go where the is that Stark gonna go you know billions that, that is starting to sound corporate to me that's starting to sound like how do we make a very fan favorite uh spider-man hero relevant and prevalent in the future of all these movies we got to make let's make him maybe one of the most powerful relevant characters right exactly i say you now i say the maybe it might be that if you want to course correct this Mm -hmm. the course correction is pepper goes no peter i'm going to take this away from you edith shut this down (laughs) well yeah yeah, but see that's the thing i don't even is that it doesn't seem like that it 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 seems tony stark yeah they're doubling down on this idea so Yeah. yeah um that might that might be a corporate. Decision. Now um, I'm going to talk to just a little bit, very short, before well, we move on away from from uh, far from home. Uh, and that is that um, you guys probably don't know us. Uh, um, Ed, I don't know if you remember a few months back, I sent you a uh, a YouTube link uh, about a guy, uh, a, a YouTuber uh, under the name of uh, Midnight's Edge, and he was going on about Star Trek. Remember, it was a very long. Oh video yeah, 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 right, right, right. And what did I say? I said. I think this guy is an unhealthily obsessed nerd, mm-hmm. and you know I'm sorry if Midnight Air. No, no, out there it's, a, it's an unhealthily obsessed um, nerd. Uh, unless uh, he's uh, doing out of irony. Which no, no, I don't no, no, think no. So. A, a, an unhealthily obsessed nerd type 
um, who I think was onto something about the Star Trek licensing stuff, Paramount, CBS, and mm -hmm, all that, yeah, those yeah. issues. But he was, yeah, there was a very weird tinge. Oh, by the way, it turns out he was also on the whole anti-Captain Marvel uh, train, okay? Okay, whatever. All right, so, but that said, he's just recently put out a Spider-Man one. Okay. And again, unhealthily nerd obsession time here, but I think what is essentially the message of his video does sound, it's sound. So here's the go. It seems as though there's a more reason than just let's do something different for these differences in Spider-Man and Spider-Man's characterization <clears throat> and what might it mean for Spider-Man in the MCU going forward. First off, it seems as though the way the rights are... It's going to be the MacGuffin. They didn't want to use... They cannot use those traditional versions. What? Wait, what? Marvel cannot use... What a, does that mean? There's a reason why MJ is not MJ, MJ you and I know. Because if they did that, then Marvel would have oh, the a likeness stake. of... They will not use that. That's why J.K. Simmons shows up and does not with, look... With the hair... Yeah, he doesn't look like wow, J. Jonah okay, Jameson. All right, all right. Because there would be a whole issue of shared rights, and then they would no longer be able to use. And that's why all this of thing these really confuses me. Like when, when, when I will send when, you when the he, link. When the production goes, is it under the banner of how Although, does it work? Marvel Studios, Sony, like yeah, I, it yeah, really yeah. confuses the hell out of me. It really does. I don't know all the facts, but I would say that's gonna be debunked because this was yet admittedly openly a sony marvel collaboration right production. no no but that's what i'm saying is so, that that but no but it's a that's the thing in terms of the collaboration for these projects they have to produce these other kind of characters that's why suddenly there's this radical reinterpretation of peter parker and his world and a radical reinterpretation of certain aspects of Peter Parker, but, but so I'm saying, but I'm saying the the interpretation, the uninterpreted version is still in Sony, and this new reinterpretation is still with Sony. So I'm but, saying, makes no, 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 no. Again, yeah, it's, yeah. they are. But again, this is about those those characters appearing in another company's product. Remember, so you're this saying is there's going to be a third iteration when it no, finally leaves Sony. Um, it could. You got to remember, these are all. It's a, It's all under how many times yeah, Sony and produces everything. Everything that comes uh, down to uh, dollars a, a, and cents. A, a, yeah, John Watts a, gets the gets the production notes, and he has and like everything. Everything is well. Well, again, the, the, there yeah. are two different corporate entities wow, okay, that have right. two separate points of view on this. Right. Sony wants to keep that copyright. Forever, mm -hmm. of course. It's, okay, there's money. All right, and Disney Marvel would like nothing more than to get to total control of Spider-Man mm -hmm. back. Yeah, and we are just happen to be in the situation now where they're aligned for a bit because they both want to make money, right? Yeah. But that's why Spider-Man in the MCU is not the most comic book accurate version, and why we are suddenly. At Video the games end, are a perfect example. And, and, and that's and, why we are at the end of the second Spider-Man film in the MCU where Spider-Man's knowledge is public. Uh, identity is, not, is public knowledge. You're saying, and he's in charge of a worldwide computer network of drones. This, does this sound like comic-accurate Spider-Man to you? 
Now that said, so you're saying they're going to kill him off, and then when Disney has it, they're going to. I didn't say it was going to. No, no, no. no, no. I'm I'm saying that the that the the reasoning why there are all of these differences in these characters all over is has to do with the fact that this is the deal between Sony and Marvel, and that they don't want to end up getting certain things in a freeze that they wouldn't be able to use yeah. again later. Now that said that they, in other words, there's a reason why Mary Jane is not in the MCU. Yeah. yeah. It's because Sony wants to retain the rights to Mary Jane Watson, Spider-Man's love now, interest that doesn't for tra- future use but, of their own separate Spider-Man. But that doesn't translate to, but that doesn't translate to, no, 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 I'm saying a, a, a world where Mar- the MCU has com- complete total control. That's not necessarily going to translate to a really good Spider-Man movie. You know, I mean, at the at the end of the day, it's all about the director having a vision, making all of the uh, no, uh, no, no, no. Again, I, again, I, again, I'm not. Uh, my m- m- this wasn't about. Uh, this wasn't a question of quality. I'm saying mm-hmm. that this is just an explanation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of what what we could see going forward with with mm-hmm. Tom Holland's Spider-Man in the MCU. Now we're eventually uh, working to a place where. Maybe it's like, wow, this What's seems a word radically on the different. Sex? What's a word on the Sinister Six? I mean, you know, Sony still wants to do that, but it does seem that it's possible that they're working this into an MCU version and that they want to not have, an, in other words, that they might be building towards the Sinister Six in the yeah. MCU. Mm-hmm. And Sony's just like, we've got, some of these other characters that we're doing solo films on, Morbius, Craven, yada yada, and did you, you know, did you ever bother with Venom? Because I, I haven't, still haven't, still haven't. <laughs> but I mean, is that in the purview? Like, oh, well, you know. Well, this is the this is the thing. Would they have? This is why Venom. Whatever you want to say about a lot of other aspects of that film, not being accurate. Your friend Alex would say not accurate at all. But generally speaking, look at that. You look at him. He looks like Venom, okay? Mm. And that is a much more, let's say, marketable character than, say, Mysterio as a seri- as a spinoff thing. So, yeah, Mysterio looks like Mysterio in the MCU. Mm. You would not see a comic-accurate-looking Venom in the MCU because they don't want to lose the ability yeah. to use that and have that for Sony exclusively. So there's a reason why Venom is off back in to... his own separate little place looking like Venom and being bound to Eddie Brock and all the things that are straight from the comic outside of his connection to Spidey. And you probably won't see that in the MCU. I told you that, um, that uh, and, and, and you, you try to call me out on it, but I still believe it, that a lot of these properties and movies are not really developed for guys like you and me anymore. Mm-hmm. Let's take the Joker, which is going to be coming out, right? I have zero interest in watching the Joker. Who's playing the Joker? Oh, Joaquin Phoenix, and it oh. is a Z, it is a Batman free um, uh, movie. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with the with continuity. But what do you say in terms of this and Venom? But you know, yeah, what? this in terms of Venom is that these movies, like I, I, I have zero interest, and in, meaning someone who traditionally read comic books in the eighties and the nineties, you know. Um, you give me a, a a property that has nothing to do with any of that stuff that I that I grew up with, right? 
if it's a good movie, fine, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. You know, but again, it, I'm not the target. I'm not the target right, here. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm All not right. going to be the one that's right. going to. I have one last thing to say at, uh, about the post credit about a post credit scene, and that's the Fury. Yeah, one. yeah. What's up? This is just a theory of mine. This is just this is just a theory of mine. Sipping on his gin and okay, juice. Okay, so yeah. we get that. In fact, uh, Fury and Maria Hill in the movie were actually Talos the Tamer and his mm-hmm. wife from the Captain Marvel film, play, again played by Ben Mendelsohn, uh, and that they were covering for Fury. <laughs> Um, there's a whole line about Cree sleeper cells on Earth in the movie. Then we find out that's Talos the Tamer and his wife. And it's like, they're covering for Fury. Where's Fury? We find out, oh, fake out. You think he's on a beach? No. He's somewhere in, somewhere in space. In in sword headquarters. Now, exactly. (laughs) That to me, there's a, a thing in the comics. It's called the peak. Which is one of the head, head is the headquarter for Sword, which is the alien, the space ad, the, the space, space adjunct of for, Shield. Mm-hmm. Okay, Sword and now, Shield. Ed, here's my thing. I think that the Marvel post-credit scenes are now going into a, basically a track where, because they, they no longer have just one, right? They're going Guardians of the Galaxy broke it, and they had like five, and now all of them have like two, right? Yeah. yeah. And what are those two usually like? Those two are usually, here's one for the franchise itself. Mm. So that would be the Peter Parker public identity. Uh All right. So here's, we're pushing what, you know, the sequel's going to be. And another one is for the grander mega arc. Marketing of the, Of what? So what are we to take away from Fury? Fury's in space. He's involved in something that's on a planetary level defense Shaft thing. Shaft in space. Shaft in space. <laughs> um, hey, well, that's what... The, that's that, what so so you're like. saying you want the Mace Window story. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, now think about this, Ed. Richard Roundtree is an eternal. <laughs> what, does this, what does this portend? Does this show where the MCU is going where next? And who the players may be. Let me throw this idea out at you, Ed. Keanu? You're going to bring Keanu? No, no. You should. Ed, if you were going to modernize mm. the origin for the Fantastic Four in the modern version of the MCU, in a post-Endgame world where half of life disappeared and came back in a snap... All right, the context of how the FF formed in the 60s doesn't hold. He's splitting atoms, by the way. All right. And I'm, I'm watching him split the atom. I am. I'm watching very intently as he's explained this to me because somehow I know where he's going with this. Go on. Okay. So now we don't have to beat the commies to the moon anymore Okay. from the 60s. That's All what right. was the classic FF origin. Uh-huh. But we do have to protect ourselves in the MCU from alien threats. If you are Nick Fury forming sword in the MCU today, wouldn't you get a mind like Reed Richards to work on your shit for you? Sure. Wouldn't you get, bring a guy like that in? Hey, Dr. Richards, you know, what have you got for me today? Exactly. I'm not interested in your cosmic rays, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and they're, there's your reason. Just get the damn There's, thing to work. Exactly. There's your whole... Ben, throw the switch. Throw the switch, exactly. <laughs> we just How wrote. do you get 
read Ben and the rest of them into space. Mm -hmm. He's working on some shit for Fury. Shit goes down. It's his fault. <laughs> Fantastic Four, brothers. Yeah. All right. I'm just saying. And Dr. Doom's there. No, 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 no. Doom, though, but he, we don't he need gets no. his powers no. from the first same one, you have no, to, he you really have to wipe first, first, the, the first, first movie John, you have to, you have to wipe all that away yeah. because that's you not, know what? We'll just because that okay, is, by go. the way, <laughs> by, by the way, John, that is a big deal. Dr. Doom has been mishandled so many, many times. times. Oh, my God. That even even way back repeat, to Roger Corman, the Roger. You, Corman yeah, you don't repeat all of the problems from that. So that's my splitting the atom moment. And we will come back to uh to clean the place down from radiation after there the, and the fallout. There. There's something stranger there. There's something stranger there. After some words from friends. There better not be any goddamn snakes on this sword aircraft. <laughs> All right. I love our logo. No, really. I love our logo. The To Be Continued Fanboy Podcast logo was provided to us by friend of the show, Matt Sulkowski, who also runs MSD Studios. And what does Matt do at MSD Studios? He provides positive reinforcement for your brand. Located in Philadelphia, Matt has worked with clients of all sizes and has helped them to focus on designs for campaigns, rebrands, and new brands. Get in touch for your next project, MSD Studios, that's msdstudios.com. Hello out there, everyone. My name is Miguel Alejandro Velez. And Edward Ng here. And we are the host of To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast. As anyone knows, we are based out of the Park Slope, Brooklyn-based Pancake Studios, providing to us by one Jonathan Vergara. Ed, what can they expect to get out of Pancake Studios? And here at Pancake Studios, covering your audio recording, production, mixing, and mastering needs. And Jonathan is a complete wizard when it comes to these things. Uh, we Coming this month, it would be our third year anniversary. And uh, he's made a home for us here and continues to produce quality. Look no further. Pancake Studios. Go to www.pancakestudios.net. Is a code red. Code red, Miguel. Code red. I don't know what a code red is. All I know is I'm going to Scoops Ahoy. And I'm going to new Coke float. And I'm going to watch Magnum P.I. All right? Ladies and gentlemen, this is our To Be Continued a Fanboy Podcast, Stranger Things Season 3. There's something stranger Spoiler. There's something stranger there. Something stranger there. Something stranger. Review discussion. Now, unfortunately... It's just going to be me and Ed talking about this because John has not seen any Single season. Single shred of evidence. Now that I, I got the I, things are happening. Now, now the shows now because that break was longer than a year, right? Oh yeah. Well, so well, let me let me. It's, so they're all like hitting puberty and all that. Well, uh, my point is that it's like it's more than th it's more than three years old. Is what I'm saying. Like you've had your shot, John. You have. You've you're had not, time. You're not going to get the same Rugrats. <laughs> well, no, no. I'm saying like, well, can I ask you a question? Why, why haven't you gotten around to see? Just you didn't think you don't think it's for you. I don't know. I mean, no one because no he's has mixing no, documentaries, right? Yeah, but no one, no one's, no one's recommended it to you. It's because I hated the Goonies. He's a he's a top notch. Really? And wait, really? What? Yeah, yeah. Everyone told me about it. all these fantastic. But you've kids. seen the Goonies. 
kids movies from the 80s that it's like very reminiscent of and i actually never had an appetite for that okay but so many people are telling me this show's great you guys have told me this show's great we other, did well we did other episodes friends. it was so great that we did episodes on season one and two so, so many other friends have recommended it. I might just give it a real try. And they're not they're not long. Okay. Uh, season one originally released on July 15, 2016. Eight episodes. Season two, um, uh, nine episodes, uh, was released on October 27, 2017. And then on July 4th, uh, eight episodes drops for season three. So, yeah, it's not a, like a huge wow. commitment. Yeah, so there was a big gap. Between yeah, yeah, there was a big gap between three and uh, two a, and three. And at, this, at this point, yes, it's already yes. spawned. It's, people have well, look, mentioned that. Yes, at this point, it's already spawned um, uh, some real uh, like it's given Millie Bobby Brown, David Harbour. Uh, it's Winona's comeback career. Uh, this is this is her mark and her and her, um, her comeback to yes. to Hollywood. Right? Um, they're huge. These are huge, massive hits for Netflix, which. At this point, they're going to need because they're losing a lot of because they're using a lot, a lot of, of content, stuff, yeah, right? Content, not not yeah. least of which is the Marvel stuff. Um, so you're not, you don't, you probably don't even remember when we did our review for season two, uh, what the show is about, or you know, yeah, on and on and on. It's a bunch of white it's a, privilege. These kids, yes, I think that's the only thing I remember. Let me tell you, I'm gonna tell, let me tell you what it's about. Let me tell you what this. This is my answer to anything I haven't white seen. Privilege. <laughs> white privilege. If I, if I haven't seen it, my review is it's white privilege. <laughs> and it probably has 90% accuracy. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, but that's like 90% of the things that we talk about. Have you seen this? No. Have you seen this? No. Have you seen this? No. White privilege. White privilege. Is that what your, 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 go, your go-to defense for? So, okay. Essentially, uh, John, just to give you the 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 the... the, the White kids the in bull suburbia, pro- right? White kids in it's suburbia. Not, there's it's a not, black. There, right? there are it's black not, kids too. Let's not, not pretend. Hey, Number hey, one hey, is hey, it's hey, not really suburbia. Black. It's not really suburbia. It's more rural. It is. No, no, no. Miguel's Miguel's accurate. It's rural, not suburbia. It's Indiana. 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 So it's the home of Indiana Punisher. Small town. It's a small town in Indiana called Hawkins that had a. Uh, U.S. government lab there, a secret lab. Now, unbeknownst to everyone in the lab, and this goes with the overall vibe of the show. I just want to ask you one thing before you move on. How does, like, Lincoln's train have anything to do with this? Nothing. Oh, okay. Nothing. And Are you going like, to explain, like, all like all season one and two? Because no, no, I just we have the past episodes. I just got to right? give him the... I just got to get, get him caught up. If he hasn't... Because if he, like, decides to jump in with a question... It's gonna derail us, so I gotta get, let him know what the hell's going on. Because here. that's his superhero. Yeah, that's thing, what he does. Right? My superhero. Yeah. So, like, um, there's this super secret lab. They were producing mutant children. All right, and Coral. one of them, uh, uh, and they all gave them numbers. This one kid called Eleven uh, ended up with psychic and psychokinetic abilities, and one day during an experiment, she makes a breakthrough to another dimension. And a creature from that other dimension breaks through. She f- escapes the facility and she falls in with these other young kids. She meets them. And then essentially it's an adventure of them teaming up with her. And then eventually some of the older, these, these are kids like, you know, 11, 12. Then you have the real teenagers who are kind of the next year. But then also you have 
adult characters like the chief of police of the town and one of the mothers of one of the kids because one of these kids goes missing. He gets abducted into the other dimension by a creature and the whole season about trying to get him back. Blah, 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 blah. Romance between some of these characters. All with this overall arching vibe that combines a lot of those 80s kids adventure films with Stephen King with a little bit of the X-Files with, because it's based in it's the 1980s. 80s. It is a complete 80s. Because it's, it's in the 80s. It's the first season is 1983. A dolloping of 80s nostalgia glaze over everything. Down to music, bringing back, uh, bringing in Winona Ryder, Yeah, Sean bringing Astin, in, again, again yeah, actors Yules, who are brought yeah. in are very evocative of the time, like, I, like they said. So, um, Nick Nolte. Might as well. Not yet. <laughs> Might as well. Matthew Modine. Yes, they, they, they brought this him This is in. why you no longer trust Matthew Modine's... <laughs> right, motivations. Motivations, exactly. So, uh, this is the third season. It's been a very big hit. It um, These characters have become fan favorites. Uh, the show is one of those water cooler type shows. Go check out our November 15th, 2017 episode of uh, Stranger <laughs> Things 2 review, where we also reviewed Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, God, God just show, which shows you how long ago. Which was another Marvel fi film you had a lot of issues with. There there's you a go. Lot so of it's, recurring themes there's a lot of happened. recurring themes. Miguel's an old curmudgeon. Very strange thing. Things, exactly. No, don't, don't start. Don't start. Don't start. Um,. So, me and Ed finished up this season, which was dropped on July 4th. Binged through it. I, I got to it first. Ed got to it second. Now, I'd like to hear uh, Ed's high lows, what he, what he liked, what he didn't like, uh, before I go through the bullet point and my, uh, and my general uh, take on the show. So, uh, Ed... Your take on the season as a whole, what did you like, what maybe didn't you like so much? This. I made no notes for this because I, I finished this this season yes. literally last night at midnight, right? Yeah, you told and, me that you're going to do the show next week. Yeah, I know. Well, well, I well, would see you like well, two episodes. Well, you know, and I knew, and going into this, uh, again, it's, it's always been very uh, challenging to find the time to just sit down and watch things. And this guy goes ahead and just, you know, you stream, you stream right past it. And uh, did you finish it? And I'm like, I'm on the third episode. You gotta get we to have it, that right? conversation where I'm on the third episode and you just couldn't stop talking about it. And I'm getting excited <laughs> while you're excited, waiting for me to finish, right? And then a strange thing happens. And I'm, and I'm getting there. I'm getting I closer. I will punch I'm you, like, John. I and will then, punch you so hard. And then he goes, you will end up in the upside Miguel down. says, Wait for it. Wait. It's a con it's a constant back and forth of wait for it, wait for it. And I'm sending him notes, texting him while I'm watching this. I'm like, um, oh, I'm at the scene where at the, the, the well, I at kept the saying and I said, You aren't crying yet, so you haven't hit the part that I'm thinking of yet. <laughs> so um I was on uh it it, it was a, it was a really good build up. It's not a slow build up, um, unlike Jessica Jones third season which i don't know if we're going to get to at some point but um i thought it was good it's good you know but here it goes right into it um background story hopper and and, and l they're 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 a happy family 
or that the fact that they're a family that's in hiding. They live out in the middle of the woods in the cabin and uh, Hopper is pretty much um, adopted L as her daughter. Right. We're picking up from we're picking yeah, up from season up. two. So um, this g generally oversight, you 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 enjoyed the season like where it went, like like what the ultimate, you know, end of it was. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's bar none. It is is it gets an A plus. Really? Um, a plus. Yeah, and it's um, and I think I I I said this to you last night because I it is I enjoyed this more than way more than last season. Mm. Not that, and then your response was, "Well, what's this, uh, the second season is a continuation of the first season." Um, but no, which I, by the way, your opinion is the consensus. Uh, it most people seem to say this is their favorite season, mm. and it's not because of the. I guess the characters have you've really come to love the performances from the actors and the characters the breakout actors the um 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 the, the the characters dustin steve the hair harrington i would trust my life in the hands of steve harrington's hair harbor who is um like you and you you call it this is his season harbor which we already love like i think i said from the last season um, I want a daddy just like, I don't know if I ever said this, but like, you know, we all want a dad just like David Harper, you know, um, there is just so chock, it's so chock full of goodness that occurs in season three. Unlike, and again, like I grew up with, um, with some of the stuff that John was saying, like these, uh, the kid genre adventure, um, movies, but, and this is not, it doesn't even feel like nostalgia, even though it's also chock full of nostalgic stuff. But I, I had a lot of fun. I had, a, I had, I, it was so much way, it was so enjoyable. Um, now you have some. No, wait, there, no, no, but it, uh, anything you yourself, it didn't work for you for the season. Um, <laughs> I would have to say. Because I tread, I tread this because I, I treat it as if it's a, it's, 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 it's a Netflix show, you know, like it, it really, because, and it's also very heavy. It's a heavy nostalgic. The quibbles that you have don't bother me. Mm. You know, they, they, like, for example, um, and you'll, you're, you're going to get into this. The, the, like, there's a scene where they just break out into never ending story. And I said, it's so bad. It's so good. I, that I, was as literal as text yeah, John was. And, and this never ending story thing. It's so bad. It's so good. And I was like, and what, no, I, what, what I meant no, is, it's, it's like, like at some point right before. You felt some right, sort of alchemy had been achieved. Right before. No, no. Right before. <laughs> some transmutation of lead into gold. Right before. Well, that's what filmmaking is, isn't it? So right before <laughs> um, it breaks into the last big fight. They give you a cleanser, pal, uh, uh, um, a, pal, a, a palate cleanser, to just sort of like, okay, let's take a, let's take a breather, okay. Right before we blow your socks off, we're gonna give you something really stupid. And everyone else, all the other characters, where Dustin and his girlfriend Susie are on a CB and they're singing Never Ending Story in harmony. Yeah. And everyone around them is like, what the hell is going on? And I'm making the same exact face. That Steve is making, that everyone else who's eavesdropping in on this, uh, right? And on this you feel that that, and I'm like, what is going? This, this worked so for you what? because of that, right? No, there's no rationality. Did it work? I don't know. Did it not work? 
I can't tell you. I just know it's there, <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? Yeah, that's. But that's, that sounds like it's that, wonderful. They. It sounds like they achieved what they wanted then. Like it sounds like that was a delivery. God knows what the Duffer Brothers really wanted to achieve. In this. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Duffer Brothers are the are the are the um, show creators, show showrunners, right. along with uh, Sean Levy, who uh, direct uh, directed who uh, directed a, a bunch of those episodes and sort of brought the show to life. Now, I did enjoy the season. Oh, uh, that's an understatement. Go ahead. Oh, okay. And uh, I thought that it was, um, there's no doubt that it did flow fast. It it was, I don't say want to say pace better, but it did go by quicker than the previous seasons. That's true. Seasons. Yeah, yeah. That can be good, that can be bad. Um, I think it was very entertaining. I think it was, quote unquote, the fun season, despite you know, all yes. the disgusting horror elements and all mm. the rest that are going on there. Um, and yes, a big chunk of it is just the goodwill that these characters, almost uniformly, I mean, I can't think of any any of your, like, main cast-type characters that have not built some kind of endearment in you if you enjoy the show. Like, like I mean, like, you know, you know Joyce... Joyce Byers and her weird arts and crafts obsession thing, and even her weird, you know, fragility. She's endearing to me. Hopper is endearing to me. The kids, all with their different personality aspects, are endearing. You know, um, and they're not. And they're these characters aren't cartoony, but there are villains that are cartoony. Uh, there are cartoony moments, but. They're endearing because there's development. There's there was, a lot of, and there's what, which goes to the pacing issue. Overall, this was, like I said, it wasn't an, an enjoyable um, a season. Uh, we, this, the, the overall arc of the season is essentially, as, as Ed said in the beginning, was uh, we're picking up from season two. Eleven is now uh, living with Hopper, but there's growing pains going on because, of course, <laughs> Eleven and Mike are young teens. and they're Three inches. I want you know, to keep scene. the door open three inches. He's not dealing with this very good. Of course, Hopper himself was dealing with all sorts of issues because the death of his daughter and, you know, he never really got a chance to do that with his biological daughter. Uh, and uh, the guys are growing up. So, of course, Lucas and Max are in a relationship and, uh, you know, uh, Mike has 11. Will doesn't have anyone. And uh, uh, Dustin had gone off to camp and this girlfriend whom no one believed for the longest time exists. Eventually, he ends up singing the never-ending story with right. this at the end with. Um, and they're all sort of like, you know, okay, this is where we're, we're dealing with this characters. Nancy and Jonathan are now working for the local newspaper, and poor Steve Harrington has been uh, demoted from coolest guy ever in the school to working the ice cream shop with Scoops with, Ahoy. With Maya Hawk. With Maya Hawk. The son, the daughter, I'm sorry, of Ethan okay. Hawke and Uma Thurman uh, at the newly opened Starcart Mall in Hawkins, Indiana, 1985. Now, the plot also has a, it's a three track story. You have the adventures that, um, so, that Eleven and some of the kids go in one end, Steve and Maya and Dustin on another, on another end. 
and Hopper and Joyce. And eventually they converge into... They all converge into one right. thing. Because ultimately, it's about this. The interdimensional gateway <laughs> that the original Hawkins lab had opened is... Had, Eleven closed it last season with her with her powers, right? But apparently the Russians were working on it too, somehow. And... Yet, somehow. Yeah, that is not right. That is not. That is inaccurate. Inaccurate. Um, you you paint us as commie bastards. That is inaccurate. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, somehow the Ruskies <laughs> managed to build a super secret experimental lab with hundreds of Russian goons, scientists, and technicians. Underneath the Starcourt Mall. Who never see the light of day. This is an issue for me. Sounds like a hoax. Yeah. Yeah, it never happened. It's not possible. Um, and that's sort of Steve and Dustin and, and uh, Robin, who's my Hawks character, a part where they are trying to infiltrate that. Um, by accident, Hopper <laughs> and Joyce go on a whole thing because uh, Joyce's refrigerator magnets demagnetize, which is an indication of the power issues mm. that are going on with the lab. And the mind, because the Russians have somewhat opened up the gate, what was left of the mind flayer, the overall villain from season two, Demigorgon, the source behind the Demigorgon, the force of evil in the in the upside down dimension has been reactivated, which had taken possession of Will last season, mm. and is now, we find, going through its... Um, season one was alien, because it had the single Demogorgon. Season two was aliens, because, of course, it had the which, multiple, and I, multiple creatures. Excuse me for interrupting. Like, um, that is perhaps maybe one issue uh, of a negative for me. It's like, there's still no explanation... Right. Yeah. Of no. That, this I'm definitely going to get into that. Mind flare. What? What right. is it? Once, what, what, why what is they? it? Why is the dimension the as deal? it is? Mm -hmm. It's a mirror, mirror, mirror. of our own, mm -hmm. down to structures and things, which doesn't make any sense. Yet it's peopled. Its only inhabitants are the mind flare and these demogorgon creatures. Okay. Um. But. Uh, so. This uh, this crack has been reopened, and the mind flare, what's left of it in our world, is alive again, and it's sucking up rats and other people to make itself a body. So season one is alien, season two is aliens, season three is the thing slash the blob, right? The mind flare is just soaking up organic parts to make a bigger and bigger, bigger creature. And... Um, that's basically what it is. Sounds all. like the fire element in Spider-Man. <laughs> it's uh, no, it's a, it's a, it's way grosser because like here's the thing, like it, it's like taking over rats and it makes the rats like eat like fertilizer and other a whole bunch of junk. I guess to make it them more gooey or for them to break down easier. And it, and then they like 
just turn into like blobs and it absorbs into one thing. But then it starts making people do the same well, thing. Uh, I want to throw in body snatchers. Like it, it, yes, yeah. there's definitely a body right. snatchers aspect too yeah. because of taking over of people to force them to do these yeah. things. Because I mean, you have, well, who are, who is your villain here? Well, the villain is the, the mind flayer is able to snatch the bodies of its, of its citizens of Hawkins and they're just zombies and they're just like standing and it looks like what its plan was its plan was to grab 11 mm -hmm. and use her to open the gate fully mm -hmm. I, I it's a weird thing i'm not even sure the mind flare was it even aware of the russians it doesn't care right <laughs> that, but, they, but that's right. what i'm saying because if so yeah wouldn't the better play to, to, um, have to, been to take over one of the Ruskies? Take over that Terminator guy? <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Yes, there's a whole... There's I an want to watch this now that you're talking about all this. Yeah, like it's, rats yeah. being controlled and, and blobs. And you know, it's, <laughs> it's by this design. kind of show. Terminator Let me tell you. When I say Terminator, it is by design that they make him look right. like, like... And they even and call him like, out. They even, says that, they even say at one point, no, that's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Because he looks just like, like you know, a, a young a young Arnold, right? So, but like, yeah, that's but my that's my question. Did the mind flayer even know about the Russians? Because the the smarter play then would be take over a Rusky and have them. But that goes back open to like, the, well, what mind flayer? What are you? Right. Yeah. What is, what your, is going on with point? that? Why Do does it want to keep coming over here? You want to rule both universes? I mean, yeah. yeah what's you know? the deal? Get, get um, down. And this get and this gets to uh, issues with the show. So overall, we get to that point. Uh, where all the stories sort of converge. Steve Harrington and Robin and Dustin and Lucas's sister infiltrating <laughs> the Russian uh, infiltrating the Russian base. Erica, um, as uh, in America. Yeah, uh, uh, Hopper and Hopper and Joyce and 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 Murray, you know, have their whole thing uh, linking up back to the Russians, and then eventually the teens. Uh, and uh, um, uh, the younger teens and the older teens, which I guess they're not, I guess Nancy and Jonathan aren't really teens they're anymore. They're young adults. They're, they're young adults, I guess adults, they're right? the younger adult one characters. I mean, they're, they're, they're they have trying to, to, they're try trying to deal with the mind flare mm -hmm. and this issue of they just the zombified want, They just want to work a job. That's all yeah, they want they to do. do. Yes. Jonathan, Jonathan and Nancy too, that was just, just like, just let's do our jobs. Um, and then that all comes together and eventually- Surrounded by white privilege. It, it's surrounded by, and eventually it ends up with uh, 11, Losing her powers, Max's brother, uh, played by uh, Dacre Montgomery, uh, Billy, who had gotten taken over and was sort of like the chief of the flayed, or the, the mind-controlled zombified people, dying as well. And then, the gut punch of the season. David Harbour was there, and then he wasn't. <laughs> Police Chief Harper, Hopper, who had been... There from the start of the series mm -hmm. and had adopted Eleven. And you believe it that, you know, that he's her dad and, you know. Like, yeah, that relationship daughter, is like, so amazing. Yeah. There are so many little touches, Ed, in the performance, but even on the Duffer's end as just like, when you see flashbacks in season one to, to Hopper's mm -hmm. daughter mm -hmm. in the hospital, she has a blue... Uh, wristband on once 11 has become adopted by him you see her wear the wristband at the at the dance mm -hmm. at the end of season yeah, two yeah, yeah 
And when they say goodbye in the mall, I'm fucking I'm, I'm crying here. She's got the wristband on too. And when she leaves to town at the end, because that's the thing. Hopper dies, and this changes the whole fabric of the show in the By last, the way, like, if, if Millie Bobby minutes. Brown does not get an Emmy for her performance, then the hell with you. Yeah, and that's you know? the other thing. This show, these, this cast brings it on all levels. There's nothing bad. That said, here are the problems. As entertaining as this, as this season was... I, I got some big issues here. Uh, I think the show is, is, I hope that this does not continue down this road. Never ending story is a Which one. Which we'll is... hear about Miguel's oh, okay. right. criticism after this break. And words from friends. And words from friends. Which are also, I don't know if you notice, Ed and Miguel. Well, what are you doing over there? I'm just looking at our business cards, man. I mean, this is some great work that they did over there at Rolling Press for us. Oh, Rolling Press. That's um, our, our pal Eugene Lee uh, runs Rolling Press, and he did beautiful work for us with our cards. Rolling Press, a Brooklyn Park Slope-based eco-friendly printing business, printing books, magazines, zines, and comics for anyone who wants to start their own thing. Rolling Press is a printing company. Go to rollingpress.com. Sand, when I visited your house the other week, uh, I saw Jen's uh, home office that you've got down in the basement, and there was this beautiful uh, flower centerpiece that was mounted on the wall there. Where'd oh, you get yeah, that from? That's, um, that was done by Rosie, a friend of the show also. Oh, right. Uh, Rosie, uh, she runs Rolex Creations for personal handmade luxury. Follow Rolex Creation on Facebook and Instagram and place your order today. And those were words from friends. So, um, continuing talking about uh, what my issues with uh, season three of, Stranger and I have, I have an, I have a, a joke theory as to one of your issues. Okay, Sean and Gus are nowhere in the show. <laughs> I'm just saying that Lucas Despero is is mayor of a town, right? Does that exactly. like you know, and they didn't as, use as a time strange. travel machine to go back in time. You're, are you saying you're <laughs> what you're saying is? See, I believe, I remember I, we were saying, where should they go in season three during our review of season two? And we were like, who could we bring into the show? And I said, uh, Eddie Murphy as Lucas's uh, uncle. <laughs> Psycho powers. See, this girl got psychic powers. So, yeah, why can't, why can't. No, you don't have to have time travel. I mean, the whole idea is like the, 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 the rug, the wool is over, is, is covering your eyes anyway. Everything is just fake 80s. Everything uh, is fake. Alternative 80s. You know, it's Russian like infrastructure that. built yes. underneath a mall. Well, this Cold is... Cold War. Where's Gorbachev? This is actually... Tear down this mall. This actually <laughs> Tear is... Tear down this mall. Thank you. I bow to you, you and the Buddha nature within you. He's standing up. He's receiving his adulation. Young girl has just handed him a bouquet. And, and Hasselhoff takes credit for the crumbling mall. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So, they were playing my song as it this came is, down. This is part of the issue, though. What you just said is 80s land, 80s theme land. The first two seasons. I, I'm a little offended when you said themes park. Right. Okay. And I'm like, 80s land, okay, I'll, I'll accept that. <laughs> all right. The first two seasons, it was a much more subtler. Yeah accent on the show as someone who lived through that period as a mm -hmm. kid right it felt authentic 
and the details were there, but it wasn't shoved down your throat. Well, sounds to me that it's a threes a company Russian sci-fi. It's so well. Okay. Uh, season one, the underpinnings of season one is tragedy. It is built like, and this goes to the right. pacing. This is another issue. In season one, this the the filmmaking of it all. Mm -hmm. There are a lot more quiet moments. Yes, there are a lot more moments of contemplation. And no, not just. Hopper's famous mornings are for coffee and contemplation. <laughs> but yes, just a simple scene of Jim Hopper out on his deck looking out over that lake and smoking a cigarette. Or Eleven using her psychic powers to make the Millennium Falcon fly while she's all alone when there's no dialogue. There aren't any moments like that on the show anymore. And that sort of... Because it's just we got to because we have now a sprawling cast mm -hmm. that we got to give everybody something to right, do. Right. And everyone's got to got to get a get a little bit. Right. So there's a lot of um, and there are casualties in in what what's given to these characters. Right. You know, like, for example, um, and we said, like, uh, guys like Lucas. Yeah. Um, Lucas is now just an adjunct to Max. Yeah. He's just there to be relationship. Um, guy. Jonathan and Nancy. Jonathan he's, in season one now, is a full-fledged character. Mm -hmm. He's the outsider, weirdo, intellectual guy at school. Who gets a girl. Who eventually gets the girl season two, right? And now he's sidekick. Now he's just Nancy's sidekick. Yeah. Whatever happened to who he was and what he wanted to be beyond. Mm -hmm. uh, now they use a, him in an interesting scene where, you know, Nancy's at the newspaper and she's dealing with the misogyny of those people. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, hitting that glass ceiling because then no one's taking her seriously because she's a she's a, a young lady. And Jonathan's and she's like, we should just leave. And Jonathan's like, I don't have time to stand on principle. I'm poor. It is a very interesting, like part of that conversation. She was he, he actually she, he actually gives Nancy the white privilege uh, talk. He like says, that. you don't. he says, look, I. Oh, so you got to deal with something shitty. Guess That's what? Me every day. Yeah, that's, that's my a, life every it's day. A, it's a back and forth on that. That is, but Think it doesn't about really feeling that way the day you were born. <laughs> it doesn't go anywhere though that much. Notice it just kind of like there isn't well, much to go on that. I mean, I'm no, sorry, I mean, they, you there they again. stated that, and that's it. The idea, the whole, I, the whole point of them being together well, they solve it because they get to kill their bosses. <laughs> let's let's not. Well, their uh, bosses get taken over the, by the, the monsters, the question, and they get to bludgeon and stab them to death. TBC the beginning, the beginning, the opinions, and the, the beginning of the of the Duffer Brothers. The beginning of the season is the question is whether are they gonna are they are they gonna come out of this together or not? Right. The tension is there. What's and then that's but see that's the thing. This move on to the next one. Will. Mm. All right. Season one, Will isn't even there that much because, of course, he's trapped in the other dimension, right? Season two, they make a point of his absence and how he missed out on a bunch of things. Right. And how he's dealing with what happened to him. Right. And so now the kids are older. I mean, anyone who saw the trailers would think that was going to play a big part, right? Mm. So early few episodes, it's like, oh, there's some tension in the group because... Lucas has a girlfriend, Mike has 11, Will doesn't seem to have anyone, and he seems to stay and doing also, the kid things, right? And there's also a, the, the, um, a very subtle... Not subtle. I think, I think it could go either way. His homosexuality or whether that's even No, no, see, but see, I think that everyone's going to go straight to that, and 
I'm going like, I'm not against it. Mm-hmm. I'm open to it. Right. I don't see any part. There's nothing that has made any indication other than Mike said, oh, you're just angry because me and Lucas got girlfriends and you're not interested in because girls. you don't like girls. But that's the case for a lot of kids that age. The whole point is about he wants to stay cocooned in childhood. I have. No, I don't think I, it's. I, no, I have sex, my I think own. It's I have asexuality. My, I have my it's own view on it. A thing about which sexuality. Is, um, nowadays, I, I suppose showrunners, they might feel obligated to throw in a gen, um, a gender, uh, um, I, uh, but they identification but, but see, thing in there. But see, they mean, filled that quota this season. <laughs> you, well, you mean my my hawks coming out as no, I like girls. Why stop there? You know, I guess I suppose because because there's this whole um, th- yeah. The, the what you're saying is Mike, it could be it could be a trial balloon. Well, look, look, I th- it's it's actually a thing that you know uh, some of the viewers who've watched this and some of them being women are watching this and looking at someone like Mike. Oh, he's got this androgyny look, a look about him. But I mean, my wife is watching. It's like, yeah, this I is think, this is what I'm I got news for you. And out outside of Lucas, who thank God, I I think that that kid actor, he was absolutely telling the the um, the production designers and the costumers, yeah, don't, don't make don't, me look don't like. make me look like these other guys, because these those this might not. By Will no and Mike looked. I don't know who was dressing them or what they were doing with those hairstyles. That was horrendous. Hey, look, but it. I said it was appropriate for. I said to my wife, "I said Steve looks way prettier than Maya Hawks." <laughs> right, right, but no, no, no. But here's the thing: they're in an awkward phase. Yeah, that is true. Okay, that is and true. that goes to Will's the whole. You're not interested in the girls. I'm not sure it necessarily is automatically he's gay, mm-hmm. and more importantly, here's the point: it doesn't go anywhere. Right, and then neither, it's just, neither, neither, it's just right. suddenly, oh, there's tension in the group because we have issues, and you got girl, and then and neither hey, derails nor adds Ma- to monster the shenanigans whole, puts whole, everything on a whole story of right, thing. and this is I think an issue going through a lot of different various stories where things are kind of put in there and mm-hmm. then don't go anywhere, don't have a payback. Um, uh, the Wheelers, um, the Wheel- mom, right, yeah, the right. Wheeler. Nancy's milf mom. What's her deal? Uh, is she happy um, with, with that? With only her tangentially. Is that an '80s? Is that an '80s trope? Right. It's only tangentially brought up again, mm-hmm. so that she can have the that talk conversation with Nancy with Nancy about how you know to give the idea of that. Well, again, she chose that life of security mm. because at that time, a woman her age, so. She would have been, it would have been in the 60s, mm-hmm. you know, when she was Nancy's age, had limited, you know, opportunity. Well, the, the uh, there's an over, there's an over, but again, even that doesn't theme. really, it's well, not really developed. I understand that, you know, for the Duffer, the guys like the Duffer brothers, maybe an overarching theme is about fatherhood, failed fatherhoods, and, rede- and redeeming fatherhood figures, you know. I, I you it's a constant thing that that occurs you know um the f- the first failed father right okay but I, what how what is that in terms of the, what's happening well here? because i'm just makes me think back to, to to billy's um uh story and and how okay. the death of the mother and but and see again at least i'll tell you this much and, billy's whole thing has 
some resonance and a payoff. Yeah, yeah. Right? Whereas there's all this other stuff that happens. By the way, about that payoff, mm -hmm. how do you feel about those type of payoffs where it's like, you know, you have to believe again, Billy. You have to remember who you are, and then and then the 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 villain ends up turning into the hero. Like, well, what, I think what is no. That? Well, see, I think that goes along with a lot of things that are traditions on the show, hmm. which is you know Steve Harrington, who is my spirit animal. <laughs> I would die for that man. <laughs> Steve Harrington was a complete total jackass when the show started, but. He was never a cliched. He was never just that. He wasn't merely defined by that aspect. And, you know, in the first season... He's the mascot of the show. Right, but right. in the first season when Steve decides to go back into the house mm -hmm. to help Jonathan and Nancy fight off bat, the guy... With the barbed bat. To, to fight off the Demogorgon. He gets his ass kicked. All right. No, no. If you remember correctly, they all, they fight... Again, if they... A Demogorgon's not a fight. They would have been killed had they lost that. Dustin says, "You never really won. You got your yet. ass kicked twice." Like right, right. Remember, you know, John did. Yeah, Jonathan did, did beat the crap out of him in the first season. That's true. But no, my point is that they didn't leave him at clicheville. It was, oh yeah, this guy's a jerk. Uh, he's he's you know his relationship with Nancy is not going to work out because of mm -hmm. all these things. Does he have an inner life? Can he, Can he analyze on himself? That. Can he grow? Right. And he did. And well, then we get growth this, is um, <laughs> it's a matter of speaking. He's a better. Does he, the, does he go anywhere in life? No, well, no, 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 no. Ed, Ed, he, Ed. He almost didn't. Doesn't get the job at no, the, no, no, at, no, at Ed, the video store. Ed, think about this. Very simple. That scene with Robin, mm -hmm. season one, Steve Harrington right. is not going to react to her coming out. I completely understand. No, 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 no. Listen, you're completely Steve Harrington, hundred percent right. Right. I'm just saying, like you know, there's there's no shame. No, we love Steve. We love Steve, but unfortunately, the show has not made life like good for him. Well, <laughs> like he he says, like um, if I continue, he's helped on, save the I, world. Who knows? Times. I could have gone. I could have. Uh, I if I uh, I could have gone on to college and not were not scooped ice cream. You know. Right. Um, but he's stuck in his town. Meanwhile, everyone around him his it seems that is Steve moving. peaked at high school. Yeah, right. So again, there's this sort of thing where because now they've got this cast of characters and they're going very broad with the humor and the pacing is very fast. And then again, like I said, suddenly we've gone from oh here's an eighties reference to hey remember the eighties we're shoving stuff. We have to have of what like a three and a half or four minute discussion about New Coke. We have to have Dustin sing Never Ending Story. I would be a carbon cut out of Phoebe Cates, which I need to go on. Right, right. Now, look, I I don't have a problem with having their those sort of amounts. It's it's having references, but this was. A more obnoxious version of the previous season, and I'm because fine it's with not that. as, and that also goes with the fact that that pacing was less leisurely and more boom, 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 boom. Now, I have to get, I get. This is also the season where my suspension of disbelief was just blown out of the water. I, I can't. 
it's a show, John. Okay, it's a show about a mutant girl uh, who opens a doorway Normal into another, another dimension where a hell beast lives. Sounds like female Legion. Great, right? Okay. Now here's the problem. Here's the problem. Actually, you're not Legion that, is a female. Legion. Actually, you're not that far off. I get that. That you say, well, the I everything goes. Why is anything gonna be? But no, stories have to have some kind of fucking logic to them. All right. So, John, this is a small town, right, that already was under the United States government's radar because they had built this their own secret lab there, right? In, in the Collusion Mall. Okay, right. No, 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 yes, no. So, season one, season two, there are incursions from another dimension there that the psychic child that was produced there helped to fend off, and then the psychic child gets put under adopted by the local police chief who ends up getting a deal with the new sort of good guy head of that project right all right says okay she's your daughter now you can raise her she you know she's not going to be bothered still though twice there were incursions from an evil dimension in this small town and now the town is the home of the only known psychokinetic psychic girl produced by this project. This place would still be under a lot of government scrutiny, okay? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're gonna tell me. It'll be Area 51 by then. So you're telling, no, no, you're telling me. Absolutely correct. All right, you're telling me that the Russians, in a very short period of time, were able to not only Build their 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 what own secret base there. What makes you think it's a short time? Be um, because of the beginning of the episode is uh, the the Russian base in Kamchatka is nineteen like late nineteen eighty three they say and it says you have a year to produce this. Right, but I'm saying the whole entire infrastructure could have taken again. Ed, or, what is what or, does that take? Or Ed. Or, what does it take to build the secret base and then build the mall on top of it and then keep that all secret while having bust in what what would you say? I have two th 120? Now, I 130 have, Russians? I've got two possible <laughs> theories. One which is everything is fake uh, uh, is fake Hawkins. The other theory is they've managed to do the whole like Tunneling. Hollow Earth theory, Ed? I don't know. I just... See, no. Who knows? No, 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 no. Who and knows? Then, and then here's the other thing, John. John Who knows? The Russians in this place, as, as Ed pointed out to me, like, there are enough of them that they don't know each other. Like, this isn't a small yeah, operation. That's true. This isn't like, like, oh, so, so there's John, there so like John, 12 there, there, of these there's guys a there. No, no, no. There's a, there's no, a scene know, where, where how... they infiltrate, right? Yeah. Where, where, where two, two of the main characters, they infiltrate... They knock out. No, they gun down a bunch of um, a bunch of Soviet like like uh, thugs, soldiers. Yeah. Thugs. They resume and put on their uniforms, and they drive by security clearances and and go just smile and nod. <laughs> and that's and again it was like it was like oh you're new oh you must be new here like again that ah. if there are enough <laughs> of these Russians running around this place that not everyone knows everyone, okay. So what do we got going on here is <laughs> essentially this base built on t underneath a mall has enough people operating in it who are, by the way, John, they're wearing their Russian uniforms. 
They're underground on enemy soil. This is what I'm talking about, the yelling. This is what I'm talking about, the yelling. <laughs> underground on enemy soil. Why are they wearing their uniforms? We're in Saturday morning cartoon territory here, okay? And that's the issue. The show before was a lot more subtler. It had more nuance to it. And this season was just complete and total, like, shitball craziness. And, and, I and I'm not saying it, it wasn't entertaining shitball craziness. really Because they, you know, there's a lot of fun stuff. Hopper P.I., is absolutely fantastic. I would and watch that show. What do we mean show. by that, folks? It's that uh, um, David um, Jim Hopper in this particular season is obsessed he, with. He shaves off his beard, but keeps the mustache, the Tom Selleck mustache, and he's wearing the Hawaiian, Hawaiian shirt, shirt of you know Tom Selleck Magnum PI. Even thing. Joyce is like, "What? What are you wearing?" And and the, his adventure in that in the season mm. produced enough footage that looked like an 80s <laughs> tough <laughs> pi <laughs> cop type show with the sidekick George that Byers, someone yeah. online actually produced a version of the magnum pi opening that looks and sounds just like it would <laughs> you like you know in other words it's like hopper pi because you know like they've got him in the hawaiian shirt he's beating up guys he's driving around in a convertible cadillac okay like you know it's all so, like so you're you're on this hopper like what happened to jim hopper justice for jim hopper is what you're saying <laughs> well um this is uh this is sort of a where do we go for from here this is a very empire strikes back feeling for me here because and and uh, i said to you i said to you after as soon as I finished, I said, "If the Duffer Brothers do not bring bring him back, I will find him and I will. I'll bring them I'll, to the upside I'll bring, down. Yeah, I'll, I'll torture them or terrorize them or whatever. I'll put one of their hands in a cigar. And maybe I was cutter. a little. Maybe it was just really late for me to pay attention. But you brought it up to me. Oh no, that there's a post credit. Post credit where we're we back fought. in Russia, somewhere in Russia, Eastern Europe, whatever." No, it's Kamchatka. In a gulag, it's, the it's a very it's the, it's the it's the Russian it's the same Russian base we saw at the beginning some of the gulag, right? In Eastern Europe, <laughs> and they take they grab a prisoner like the, the these these sol these uh, um, uh, um, jailers they grab a sol they grab a guy and from one cell and they transfer him into another one, and they, they unleash they they feed him to the demogorgon the demogorgon, but before they did that, as one of them was going towards one cell. One of the guards goes, no, not, not the, the American. American. So Hopper died in front of the crack into the upside down that the Russians were trying to open. Could they have you? Could he have disappeared into the crack? We're going into it's a, a search for Spock territory. Right. Exactly. We're going. And to Mark out. Leonard. <laughs> Mark Leonard. Mark Leonard. Hello. <laughs> Mark. You played Spock's dad. What How are you doing you? here? How, How could, you? could you? How could you have left him here? He well, trusted what? you. Aren't you dead? <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear about the same thing happened with Rip Torn? I know. <laughs> but um, so where do we go from here? Because the, sh because the death of Hopper, any issues I had with the season, man, that gun punch. I just blew my own brain out. Okay. Shatner appears in, in the next season. Oh, yes. Well, they're going to need a new mayor. <laughs> They're going to need a new mayor. Well, no, wait, no, Ed. We had it better. You, well, we, we had it better because we said. Not a chance. Uh, with Hopper gotcha. gone, 
Frakes should be the new chief of police. Yes. And he should come in there and he's like, I don't know how Jim Hopper ran things around here. <laughs> Jonathan Frakes is the new chief of Hawkins. Yeah. So this, this was just a creation from just the writers. From the writers. <laughs> <laughs> no way. John, who's not seen this show, exactly. the best contribution <laughs> of the entire of the not entire this day. time. No not way. this time. Yeah, no way. But where do so Over. where do we go? Because Hopper's death changes everything. And was very brave. Because every take, every take Russian lessons. Yeah, yes. Because okay, all right, all right, all right, guys. Because you believe that there because is a Russian base. Under Billy, Billy dying, right? What kept with the whole like characters with the name B die on the show. That's a, seems to be a tradition on the show. The first season was a character named Barb. The second one was a character named Bob. They decided to go yeah. with Billy, and when he died, I was like, okay, there's your death for the season. Moving on. And then Hopper eats it, or appears to eat it. And so I'm going like, wait, well, okay, this is, I was not expecting this. And then suddenly the ripples are all there, because Hopper is gone. Well, somebody's got to take care of Eleven. Joyce was thinking of leaving the town anyway. Mm. Now she has more reason than other, because let's be honest, Joyce did not only see Bob die, getting feasted on upon the, by the Demogorgons, which the show lingered on for what seemed to be like five minutes. Played by Samwise Gamgee Gamgee Played by, play by Sean Astin. But remember, she kind of had to kill Hopper because she's the one who was there doing the Superman yeah, 3, yeah. you know, double, uh, yeah. uh, uh, key, double key, uh, key thing with the belt, with the belt and, and whatnot. And then she had to do it. So, of course, she's done with this town. So she's leaving. She gets custody of Eleven because she's the only one uh, other adult in the town who knows what the hell that's all about. This breaks up Mike and Eleven. It breaks up Jonathan and Nancy. Um, it's a whole new dynamic going in for the next season. Yeah, and you had some... I'm not going to say conspiracy, but like the Steve Harrington... Maybe Nancy's gonna come crying. Come a crying. Well, I, well to, this, I think that there are to, relationships to the issues. hair. I think that <laughs> I knew you'd come back to the hair, baby. Um, uh, well, first off, I think you have what it doesn't have to be real because you were like, oh, they wouldn't. The characters wouldn't go for that. It doesn't matter if the characters would go for that. It matters if other characters think that that's possible. And you have Eleven now living with Will. Okay, whether or not Will is gay or not, suddenly Mike's friend is with his girlfriend daily. You uh, then have, uh, you then have, um, you, uh, Nancy. All right, and you have you have Nancy and Jonathan. They're broken up. Steve is left in Hawkins with Nancy. So is it possible that they get together again? Or does is Jonathan now worried that Nancy? Because well, all um, you need is that one scene where Jonathan is talking to Nancy on the phone, and she's going like, "Blah well, blah blah." Oh well, you know, I was just talking to Steve the other day. Why were you talking to Steve? And you know, dramatic grist for the mill. Well, one thing I, I uh, we had a I kind of mentioned yesterday in that conversation was: uh, Are the Duffer Brothers? Or are they willing to at some point go? We're done with the '80s. We're moving into '90s territory. Because do you do well? Yeah, exactly. Like you know, when the next one hits, how how much time would have elapsed? Because these kids, 
they they're growing up. Yeah, they are growing up. Yes. They're in the, I mean, there is a stark contrast between how Millie looks now compared to when, to when she's. I think the there is, however, a clue in the show, mm. which is once the decision has been made that, you know, Joyce is going to leave with Eleven and her kids. What do they say? Oh, we'll keep calling you and then we'll be back maybe Christmas or Thanksgiving. And then you see the first episode of The Simpsons in the background. I don't even. In the 90s I don't even know. I don't even know what you're. What it's you're getting. Eighty nine. That would make it eighty nine. No, no, no. Christmas or Thanksgiving, because each since season two, they've been dropping them on holidays. Hmm. Season two was Halloween. Season three, they dropped. It was about okay. July fourth, and it dropped July fourth. Okay. Christmas or Thanksgiving, maybe. Uh, they but come I, I hate the idea that you know. Um, Oh, we're get, we'll get together every single time something batshit crazy happens. <laughs> or something batshit crazy happens you know, every time we every, get together. Every time. Okay, fine. <laughs> Either or, right, yeah. Chicken or the egg. The chicken or the egg, you know? Right. Um, but, like, granted, nothing normal is ever going to occur on Stranger... With a title, like, like, Stranger, Stranger Things, things right. right? So what you would like to see is you, you want a time jump? You think that they need a rest? And that they need to pick this well, up. Well, even though, like, what they're, they're uh, from two thousand seven to two that that's two years, right? Two thousand seven. I'm sorry, two thousand seventeen was was season first two, season one, right? right? Um, was it really two the first? Years. Was it only two thousand seventeen? Yeah. 2017. Wow. Okay. So, um, yeah, the next time you're gonna see them, they're. I th no, you know what, Ed? We were a long time. No, was it maybe earlier? Was it twenty sixteen? I, I, I pulled it out. Like I didn't pull that out, but. Don't pull um, it out. <laughs> let's see here. All right. Again, season one, uh, July 15, 2016. Season two, oh, okay, October 16. 27, 2017. So 2016. So we're, we're it's a roughly, a roughly over three years. Roughly three years. Yes. Okay. I don't see a reason to, to do a time jump. Well, I, even I, then, like um, eighty-five. It's eighty-five, right? Yeah. About, so every season is a year. He, right? like he said, in another four years, it's Simpsons. You know, like in, in yeah, in another you know. four years. <laughs> if they do it's another uh, four seasons, if they do, and also remember, the Duffers basically said they on a they're on a four to five year track with this story. Four to five year track with the story. Okay. Okay. So either next season will be the last season, or it'll be the 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 next to last. Season. Or for Lucky, we get to have spinoffs. Harrington, Harrington, P.I. P.I., you know, but uh, Hopper, you know, <laughs> P.I., you know, Hopper, dead P.I. Um, he's I, not dead. He's like not you dead. said, we didn't see him die. We didn't see God, him die. There's no body. Um, I think that going forward, the next season is going to follow in, in suit. Mm. I think that we're going to basically end this end this out with these kids on the cusp of graduation or graduating. Yeah, that's what we're gonna. That's yeah. what we're gonna get to, and they're they're pretty close to that. Uh, by the way, I did like your theory on or idea that uh, Hopper doesn't exactly come back, oh. and that Eleven well, has to. Well, kill I him. will just want to say this: <laughs> anyone out there, long before there was any talk of what season three was going to be, I said Russian involvement. I called the Ruskies well, Cold War. I mean, that's yes, natural... but there was no indication. There certainly was no indication of Russian agents in Hawkins, and I, I called that, okay? So here's what I'm calling right now. 
I'm saying season three. Season four. They're gonna, they're, season, uh, season four. four. They're going to gut punch us even more. Mm-hmm. And that we're going to get Jim Hopper back, but it's not going to be Jim Hopper. Don't like that theory. Of course don't you don't like, like it because it tears your heart out. <laughs> well, again, because you, you give us so... Yes, because it abuses you. Of course, Ed. And that's why they'll do it. <laughs> Jim Hopper will come back, but it won't be Jim Hopper. Jim Hopper will be a complete yeah. and total uh, possessed first by the mind around, First time around when our hearts are ripped out. Eleven, Eleven will be forced to destroy Jim Hopper's whatever the physical nope, form of him. Nope, not going to buy it. Nope. Not at all. Yeah, that'll be it. That's 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 what I'm. I think. For. I, I mean, may, the uh, like you, like you said, because I asked him, like, well, what about other mutant kids? I wish you, you know, know what I mean. I, that there, the whole controversy about that episode in season, in season two has always pissed me off because there's nothing wrong with that episode. It's perfectly fine. It furthers the mythology. Thank you. Whereas the, all the upside down shit so far is stagnant we still don't know anything that what they did with Eleven's quote-unquote sister in that one episode Mm -hmm. and expanded the world Mm -hmm. and gave an idea of what other things could happen it it came and and because of this weird freak out amongst the fans they ran away from it and i would honestly wait what was the freak out what what exactly oh everyone hated that episode why because fans are fucking morons ed period i'm sorry if you were out there and you didn't like that you're a moron it wasn't this horrendous crime against nature. It was, you didn't like those characters. Guess what? Those characters that Eleven were, were hanging out with, you weren't supposed to like them. They were supposed to be negative influences on her, okay? Period. If you couldn't handle that because I want to be in my, you know, comfy nostalgia world here. I don't like people okay, with we're mohawks. Done with the show. We're done with the show. <laughs> no, no. No, you, literally. No, no, we, no. We have no more. We have no more. No, no. Everyone's we, leaving the show. Everyone's leaving the show. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. Sit down. Get back from the exits. I'm not done with my rant. <laughs> Shut up, that baby. The cold's got it. You have a tranquilizer? <laughs> but um, no, Ed, they, there was this big fan freak out about that. And if anything, in season four... They honestly should get back to that. If for no other reason than like it, it, it begged too many questions. You brought up another thing that was sort of that was kind of interesting. Um, Hopper, death, non-death, whatever you want to call it. Um, there was something in parallel with his movie career, and you know. Well, I think there's no doubt about you know you don't want to bring this up. But, you know, Harbor's career is on an upswing because yeah. of this show. Yes. No doubt about well, that. At Emmy the same too. time, they went in had Hellboy been a hit, mm. would, the, would the possibility of Hopper's return be more or less assured in season four? If it meant if his career really took off, then more likely he, they would have written it in a way where it would have been like, nah, Hopper's dead. This is a... They leave this wiggle room. They left the door open about three inches, Ed. Okay. He's in Black Widow. He's in Black Widow. Yes, he's got that upcoming. <sighs> I want to be... I, I wish I were David Harbour right now. And let me, let me specify. This is kind of derailing on the whole point. Uh, aside from being a sought-about actor out there, he's also dating Queenie Goldstein, um, a.k.a. A Fine Frenzy, who was in Fantastic Beasts. So... <laughs> 
I'm just saying, like, he's he's he's, he's living the life of Riley. Yeah. Everyone loves him, but there's no doubt. I think if Hellboy had been a bigger hit rather than the flop, I think it would have been like, ah, Hopper's dead and we My don't have My career is not a flop. <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, I, hey, look, I'm a he's, black widow. <laughs> he's he's going to do greater things, but in a sh- the period of time in between that would give him availability for the show, which is another issue generally. Forget Harbor, this entire cast. Mm-hmm. They're going to be more in demand as time goes on. Yeah, yeah. These kids, they have established themselves. Millie Bobby Brown, mark my words, is going to win an Academy Award one day. Okay? These kids will also all win major awards, also possibly on that level of Academy Award nominations. According to Wikipedia, she's actually uh, 11 slash Jane Hopper. She does have a name at this point. Yes, which I've never understood because they could have just called her Ellen Hopper and then it would make sense that everyone was calling her Elle, but that's not here. All right, so that's where I think it's going and overall enjoyed the season, but I think that there were a lot of issues and I hope that it goes back to the more staid Less in your face, less broad. Uh, John, prepare version. the uh, tranquilizers yeah, for, for, for a patient. Uh, actually, uh, John, let me ask you a question. So having gone through the show a little more in depth here, and talk, we were talking about this character, what do you think about what you're hearing? I'm interested. You're interested in what the show could be? Yeah. Give it a try. Watch the first season, and, you know, you're I would be... Inter- you're going to fall in love with these characters. I would really be yeah. interested to get you to... Because you'd be able to watch them in a much shorter period, and maybe notice that changeover from that I'm noticing. And I'd like to come back to you actually at some point and ask you that and see if you see the differences from like season one to season three. And I we'll think have an amended uh, episode. And I think the, <laughs> the, 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 the 80s, um, the feel, the tropes, I don't think you'll miss out on them because you, know, what, you were born in 88? Yeah. 88, right? Yeah. You still fit into that. I mean, because the 80s didn't, re- didn't end until 92. Right. 2001, but that's a whole other <laughs> theory of mine. That's true. <laughs> Wait, we met in like 2001, 2002. Exactly. Because our Sifu. Exactly, Edward. Was like, um, you know. Was still rocking out to the theme song from Bloodsport. From Bloodsport, all right? While also giving us uh, um, lectures on terrorists <laughs> and how Kung Fu is. Martial is, arts is martial big. Martial arts is big. Martial arts is big, Ed. And how terrorists For are. Terrorists? Go- no, like this is again. We're closing out the show, right? But like, uh, you gotta, you gotta really be careful of those ISIS members that really know. You're not Wing that far. Off. <laughs> you're not that far off. Everyone, <laughs> let's bow to let's bow to Bruce's um, uh, picture Bruce's up there. Picture up there, uh, his shrine. Yeah, and let's you listen to let's listen to some. Let's Kumite. listen to some Kumite. 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 Oh, hey. Uh, Hey, I'm Ed. What's your name? name. <laughs> oh, yeah, what's Miguel. the deal with this uh, Spider-Man poster in the staircase? I don't know, man. Uh, no, no. See, you, what you forget is that what our bonding moment was was that what's, you you. Reckon, what are those gloves that you made? What are you? Night, what are you? Nightwing, Nightwing or, something? or something? And I said, "What do you know of Nightwing?" <laughs> and then we bonded for life. <laughs> right at that moment so that was a little that's a little picture so uh that ends out this episode we thank you all for listening and until next time to be continued to be continued to be continued doesn't even rhyme that doesn't make it, it doesn't work hey guys thanks for listening to to be continued a fanboy podcast 
Our website is www.tobecontinuedafanboypodcast. Check us out on iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.